I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. fucking Mark Twain shit, because it's definitely getting chisel on your tombstone. Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to Who Will Survive Horror Podcast. This is going to be the 21st review episode and also will be the last numbered episode for our first year of the show. And with me to honor that is the co-host for all 21 episodes plus bonuses, which is Marco. What's going on? Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, I've, um, I've been here since almost a whole year now. I'm kind of excited. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> technically more than a year because of all of the time before the first episode that was spent on it. Yeah, so. very true, very true. Like, um, yeah. Well, it, there was you know, like a practice we'll, episode, we'll I think. This, or... When we get into this, you know, we were... <laughs> yeah, we did a practice episode to see if we even like each other. Yeah. Um, and maybe in our year review, we'll review that too. There we go. We can review our own reviews. <laughs> These guys are we'll give stupid. each other our own rating. I know. I don't <laughs> I don't want to listen back to the original episodes and then rate myself because it's going to be a low score. <laughs> the, That's funny. It'll be one of my lower scores of things that were released this year. So uh Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. I, uh, yeah. The uh this this twenty first episode here, uh just sort of with the timing of it, we're recording this on the twentieth of November and one week from mm-hmm. today was when our first show had actually been released. So uh, this one will probably be yeah. out right around that same time. And then we're going to do a little bit of a one-year retrospective thing where we're just going to kind of look back at all of these shows and all the interview shows. And I don't know, maybe Marco will want to rate uh, my, my friends till the end episodes that he wasn't on and tell me which ones he liked best or something or... Maybe oh yeah maybe man. I shouldn't um, do that because I don't want to make anyone little, feel bad. So. 
no 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 i honestly i, I just want to i do want to say something though like um uh i've been i listened to every one of your friends till the end episodes you sure, know, sure. even from concept when you're like hey look i, I want to do this because you know you you've you wanted to kind of like do something extra other than movie reviews and i gotta tell you that not only are they fun entertaining and it gets you you know as a listener to of our show i do listen to our show um it not only is you know you get in information of other podcasters out there or other people that you're actually starting to get into different kind of views and uh you know talking to people who are who are um you know of, of all walks of life sure sure which is great because you know this day and age is, is very important you know sure. not to get political or anything it's just very important to not be ignorant of anybody out there and the one thing that everybody can do is go out and talk to somebody even though like you and i we, we talk about you know kind of introverted a little bit and we hate people sometimes but at the same time mm-hmm. um to better yourself you talk to people different yeah, people yeah. the same people all that stuff so it your friends at the end is very important and, and um i want to applaud you for you know one year of doing that and just see the concept of it is was cool and it's something that i was like wow that that's just really cool you know that, that paul's doing that oh thank you um all of all of them are equally important you know um but maybe i'll talk about on our year, one year anniversary more in depth as far as like ones that uh impacted me the more the most on your guests and everything sure 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 and it's not necessarily that anyone wasn't as good as anyone else because no a lot of it no, has no, to no. do with the fact that i just started doing that as I was starting to get used to podcasting and then I've grown through doing the show, which now I've only done 12 of them, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. even just doing 12 of them has been something that really has forced me to think differently and kind of think on my feet and and respond and react in certain ways and just get better at actually doing it myself. So I think that... No, it's good. It's good. The shows get better because I'm better at driving the people into giving the information it's not necessarily their responsibility to just come ready to spill everything all over the table so (laughs) well yeah that in your honesty when you don't know something you're very honest as far like look i don't know about even if it's movie subjects or if it's even if it's something in day-to-day life you're very honest sure sure when you're talking to that person like look i don't know anything about this can you explain it to me (laughs) right you know instead of a lot of people out there try to be fake about Mm -hmm. it you know no it's it's good to to only talk about stuff that you know so you can, you know, get through life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's just nice because it's uh, things that interest me. And so that's why I try and sure, diversify sure. the group, not only in in people's, you know, sexual identities and people's race and gender mm-hmm. and everything else. But just I try and diversify it in, in personality types more than anything else just because yeah. I want to step outside of just what I'm used to talking to and and bring other people on to kind of talk to people that have different personality types and try and shape something out of all that. And it just kind Mm -hmm. of helps me talk to people, which is good for me because I don't talk to people very much. (laughs) (laughs) No, people would be surprised. The person that has a podcast doesn't talk to people very much in real life. Although I think a lot of our our brothers Uh, and sisters (laughs) would agree that they're the same way. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I I, I don't shut up sometimes, but at the same time, like, if I'm by myself and I go to, like, the grocery store, I'm just like that Mm -hmm. scowling bearded man that walks through the grocery (laughs) store that nobody wants to look at. Sure. You know, and and I don't mean to. I just, sometimes I just, I want to get in, get my apple and leave, you know. Oh, I hear you. 
Uh, so should we talk about the <laughs> what's coming up on the show here, or should we talk about what's yeah. coming up after the show before we yeah, get you into know, the show? We just um, yeah, we just ended our Halloween themed movies, right? Mm-hmm. Like everybody has these Halloween themed movies, and of course, in the horror world, it's so easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to be doing our our Christmas, our shitty Christmas movies, but maybe we'll throw in a couple good ones. Who yes. knows what what we'll do? But I'm so much looking forward to that because Christmas is a great uh, horror. Uh, time also there's a lot of horror good horror movies that come out yeah Christmas time. there's almost more um, and you, uh, christmas horror than there is yeah. halloween horror i feel like it seems like it you know and um i was kind of i was kind of thinking to myself like okay this would be our show that we're putting out um right after thanksgiving recording before thanksgiving i'm like you know something i'm, I'm trying to think is there a thanksgiving themed ho- horror movie right like I, I, I don't. Nothing really comes to mind. I'm sure there was something. I know of two. What would that look like, too? Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So I know of. There's one called Blood Rage, which is an '80s slasher movie, which mm-hmm. is connected to Thanksgiving by the loosest of threads. <laughs> it's basically like takes place during Thanksgiving time, <laughs> and I think it's like, okay. oh, we have to okay, yeah, go yeah. do whatever for Thanksgiving dinner. It's like it's it's kind of like in Slugs <laughs> how they just mention Halloween three times, and they're like, it's a Halloween movie. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Yeah, and they categorize it. Yeah, that's the only thing like I said. Other than, other than um, I don't know, a, a giant turkey killing everybody, well, which would be kind of cool. Which they do have that. I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. They do have that, but it's it's really bad. It's <laughs> called Thanks Killing, and it's Thanks Killing. Yes, I'm writing it down right now. It's uh, I'm I, writing it down. That is awesome. You might laugh at it, but it kind of falls hey. into that that B movie sort of trauma yes. type of thing almost. It's not like trauma <laughs> I gotcha. funny and over the top gore and people throwing up and, and weird sound effects trauma but more of that right. lower quality film stock bad acting like intentionally bad yeah, yeah. type of thing so. Well, uh, I can, so I can that. handle that but yeah what you those over the sound effects stuff kills me <laughs> every time but yeah um, yeah that or like a, a Thanksgiving cannibal stuff mm-hmm. right? Well yeah you know, that would be a good one. Cannibal family gets together and cooks people for Thanksgiving so I, I just really, I was just thinking like, you know, the other day I was, I was like, you know, I don't, what would a Thanksgiving horror movie look like? A, a true Thanksgiving one, you know, even if it was like sure, a time sure. period piece where the pilgrims came and slaughtered all these, <laughs> all these natives or the natives fought back and slaughtered all the pilgrims yeah. during their feast well, time. That would be cool. I, I think I'd like that. You could do something where, I don't know, there was a Thanksgiving dinner and then something got put into the food, like some kind of, uh, uh, some kind of a accelerated PCP type of drug that makes people fucking turn <laughs> into crazy people. And then everyone go. just goes off the rails, at, like trapped inside the house during Thanksgiving dinner. So uh, yeah, yeah. Basically, no, the, I like the movie it. Mayhem, I'm going to explore it more. But at Thanksgiving yeah, dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Or I like the cannibal dinner. That's a good one. They have to like collect people. Yeah. And make food out of them. Yeah, exactly. And that's the, the process yep. is, for their, is trying to prepare know, their... for dinner. <laughs> Once every year, the family gathers and, you know, uh, and then they have they're out there hunting people and, you know, they have to pick their favorite, the plumpiest human for the turkey. And then, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, there is definitely not very many for Thanksgiving, which I I think you could do stuff with that because it's another gathering holiday Mm -hmm. and it falls into kind of the same time of years. I feel like there could be more done with it. I don't know why there hasn't been much but yeah i feel like most holidays yeah. outside of christmas and halloween there's not really very much other than a few things right. here and there 
Right, exactly. Like the Thanksgiving would be the catalyst of getting people together in one house to do a home invasion or something, right? right? Like that kind of stuff would be more or less the fringe horror movies. Um, but I'm looking for like a, a good monster Thanksgiving movie. Right. So if you're listening and, you know, if there's any out there that we haven't said or uh, uh, maybe you want to recommend or something that you've seen or you go, you know what, you guys got to check this out. I'm all ears. Right. A Bigfoot Thanksgiving. That'd be sweet. Yes. I do like Bigfoots. And just title that, A Bigfoot Thanksgiving. Is, is yes, the plural of, of Bigfoot Big Feet? Or do you say Bigfoots? Like if there was I multiple Bigfoots? So. <laughs> or are they Big Feet? I think it's all Bigfoot. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know if the plur- pluralization rules apply when it's an actual proper name or not. Because they're changing the name of it. Right. But maybe Bigfoot doesn't want his name to be Bigfoot. Yeah. And he's just like, fuck you guys, stop calling me Bigfoot. <laughs> exactly. <It's> insensitive. <laughs> My feet aren't that big, guys. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Bigfoot. <laughs> I know. <clears throat> so this uh, this episode here is going to be covering four movies and... Um, I'll explain a little bit here, but it's going to be the, mm-hmm. the I guess, at least movie body of work of Jeremy Saulnier, who has done, yes. his first movie was Murder Party, and then he put out Blue Ruin, and then mm-hmm. Green Room, and now the Netflix original Alone in the Dark. Oh my God, why do you say Alone in the Dark? Uh, Hold the Dark. <laughs> what the hell is Alone Hold in the, the Dark? dark. That's yes. another horror movie. The, there is another one okay. out there, yeah. It is not Alone in the Dark, it is Hold but the Dark. But not by him. Hold the dark. Yes. yes. And the the idea behind this was I was trying to be clever. And so people probably think this is stupid. <laughs> so I should tell everyone to expose myself. But his his works start on Halloween and then they end at Christmas time, yeah. uh, which there there's actually a reference in Hold the Dark about someone's wearing a mask. And then he's like, what are you wearing the mask for? It's not Halloween. It's Christmas right. time. So I'm like, yep, it's Christmas time. Exactly. Vindicated. It's, it's yeah, it's those little easter eggs that we that you know you tend to put in the shows mm-hmm. that uh will maybe carry over to a theme that we're doing later on and uh yeah it's it's great for like you said you know it's it's great for us but i think anybody who's listening are like like that's kind of cool because yeah we ended one season to go into the other right. and you know like i said the horror season is or the horror movies is just so easy to do that that transition is kind of easy so it makes sense that this guy's body of work that we picked these four movies of his mm-hmm. It did that whole thing. It was like you know, it, it was so poetic in in this way uh, to look at it. So yeah, yeah, because right now kick off with some good movies. Here. We're basically in between Halloween and and Christmas time, and we just finished up our mm-hmm. Halloween stuff, and we're moving into our Christmas stuff. So I thought this could yeah. kind of act as a literal segue in in the chrono- chronological order of these movies. And so it just so happened that yeah. it worked that way too. Like, I, I also am a yeah. big fan of yeah. of his movies. And yes. wanted a reason to kind of put all of them into something. And I guess you know a lot of the the movies aren't aren't pure horror necessarily, but there's definitely a lot of horror elements in a lot of it. And and we've never been sticklers for yeah. the rules as far as saying like, well, this isn't a horror movie, so we can't cover it on the show. So correct, correct. Yeah, thriller to me, any type of thriller movie, which is, you know, like like you said, like fringe horror, mm-hmm. to me that's still in that umbrella. It's still there because it is a li- real life horror kind of scenario that these that sure. these movies kind of really fuck you up about too, you know, mm-hmm. like it's funny cuz like when we get into it, you'll you'll there is a when I first saw the first one, it was like, "Oh, okay, this is this guy's type of movie." And all of a sudden his next movie was like, "Oh shit." You know, it's like right. 180 as far as the the tense and the energy and yeah, man. Uh, 
quickly become one of my favorite directors. Sure, yeah, me too. So we are going to uh, go through these movies, and we're, we'll probably spend about a half an hour on each one. And what we're going to do now mm-hmm. is give our, our plugs, and we've already kind of said what was coming up at the beginning here because yeah. at the end of the show we're going to end with hold the dark and since it's a pretty new movie all of, all of these segments will have spoilers but since that one is pretty new if you don't want to yeah hear us talk about anything about it because you don't want anything spoiled then you can just kind of shut it off and skip the last half hour of the show easy peasy and and right. we could uh we'll probably even yes i think give our scores for the movie which probably wouldn't change from us talking about it but we can kind of give our scores in the upfront without saying why necessarily we feel that way i guess and then if anyone wants to really hear our actual rating of it and then shut it off they can do that or they could just listen through the whole thing yeah all right so i think uh we're pretty much plugged what we have coming up here but we haven't kind of talked about your other show in a while so what do you guys have coming up for sarlacc digest yeah, man. Um, we're uh, Sarlacc Digest, which is my Star Wars-centric podcast. Uh, that's S-A-R-L-A-C-C. Um, well, we are doing our movie breakdowns of actually all the movies and all the cartoons and pretty much the books and comics. To almost like a, 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 a timeline breakdown of everything that we're doing. And uh, we just finished uh, Solo, the Star Wars story. We're getting into the Rebels cartoon, which is going to take us to only two more shows this year. And then we'll take a little break for you know, uh, New Year's and Christmas, and we'll get back into it uh, with the original trilogy stuff. And it's it's good doing this because there is a break in between anything that's being released in Star Wars. So it's a good time to like, okay, let's recap plus get all the latest and greatest news and see how we can break down the films that we've seen a billion times. And there's always something. There's always something like aha moments that we pinpoint and everything. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so you can catch us on... Our individual feed, which is Sarlacc Digest, and you just Google that, or you can catch us on the rawlifepod.com. Sure. Um, and just, yeah, just search us. And, and uh, you know, if you're into that stuff, then please, you know, uh, drop us a line. And we love feedback, too. Nice. So. Uh, yeah, so I will just kind of plug a couple things. Uh, my, I'm going to give a couple of shout outs. My last Friends Till the End. If you didn't listen to that, I had uh, I had a guy named Desmond on, and he is a YouTube mm-hmm. reviewer of horror movies, and he does some others like some unboxing and stuff. But um, I I encourage everyone yes. to check out that and to get to know Desmond a little bit more because he doesn't actually have a podcast. And then subscribe to his YouTube channel, which is Desmond's Flicks, and yep, which I did already. Yep. A couple other people. I have been talking to guys from another podcast that I'm fond of, which is called Sick on Cinema, and we're working on a crossover with them. But check out their show as well. That's uh, Sick on Cinema, as spelled as you would mm-hmm. normally spell those words on all of your regular <laughs> podcast things. You know, sometimes people spell a word weird, and you gotta, oh, it's sick with a Y or some shit like. Yes. You know. I gotta differentiate. That's why we say the L A C C on wine. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> like, I can't find you guys. It's two C's. Sure, sure. And uh, what else? I, and then I have two guest spots coming up. One for Psycho Semantic, which is our our fellow Legion Podcast Network show mm-hmm. with Darren Wilson, and him and I are mostly talking about the movie Dogma, the Kevin Smith movie, and. A little bit of other nice. stuff here and there throughout. So I'm interested to see how he edits that together. That will be coming up 
soon, possibly around the time this comes out, but he's on Legion Podcast as long as well as we are, or you could just find him solo as Psycho Semantic Cast. And what was the other one I was on? Oh, Kill the Cast with uh, my yes. friend Jerry Herring, who was on Friends Till the End before. Kenneth and Jay, and we were talking about how Jerry hates action movies, and so we were reviewing, uh, more picking apart than reviewing, but uh, Predator and Top Gun, and so that will also be coming out on Legion Podcast Network and on the solo feed for Kill the Cast. And uh, I guess that's getting our plugs out of the way, which I guess hopefully that wasn't too annoying to get those out of the way in the upfront here. And right. what we are going to yes. do now is we're going to take a little break. And we'll play a song from one of these movies. And we'll come back and we'll uh, get into the first movie, which is going to be Murder Party. Okay, welcome back to the first segment here, and and in this segment we're going to talk about the, not at the same time, but we're going to talk about Murder Party and Mm -hmm. then about Blue Ruin before we get to our next break. Yes. And so we start with Murder Party, which is the first feature-length movie written and directed by Jeremy Saulnier. According to IMDb, it says, A random invitation to a Halloween party leads a man into the hands of a rogue collective intent on murdering him for the sake of their art. Sparking a bloodbath of mishap, <laughs> mayhem, and hilarity. Starring, yeah. It's uh, from 2007. It is a comedy drama horror. Yeah. And this one definitely is, is a comedy, right. not like some of the other ones yes. that say they're comedies. It's actually funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, this one is actually funny. There's there's a yeah, lot of is what a, a lot of comedy in comedy this is. one that comes from just, to, like, within the dialogue and stuff, a lot of the things that they say and they go back yes. and forth and they just say something and you're like, oh, shit, that was pretty awesome, actually. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I think the, the description is pretty accurate. It's just we see kind of this guy who's a, a bit of a, I don't know, down on, not down on his luck, but he's he's basically giving out parking tickets. He's one of, one of those guys. Uh, yeah, parking, he's a meter maid. enforcement yeah. or something, yeah. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he... So just, nobody likes him already because yeah, he, like, well, he, he feeds off that. You he know? just finds this random invitation that says, like, you're invited to a murder party and it's this big, this, this fancy, like, big envelope yes. and stuff that's all nicely presented. And we go home and see that he just kind of lives a, a basic life and his cat doesn't even respect him to get out of the chair for him. <laughs> I know. And uh, he makes this ridiculous... A knight costume out of a cardboard box that he thinks yeah. is like the greatest thing <laughs> and he heads off yeah. to his murder party yeah with his pumpkin it, bread um 
he, he, he bakes some pumpkin bread. Right. Figures, yeah, because he he has a job that everybody hates him, and he lives that kind of life. You know, he's like, um, you know, everybody doesn't like the meter maid or parking enforcement. So mm-hmm. he lives a very solitude life because of that. Probably because of that, already being hated on the outside. Decides, fuck it, let's go. I got this invitation where it was random. I'm gonna go see what's all about. So yeah, um, ma- makeshifts the night. His cardboard knight costume right. which is hilarious. Well, and, he, he seems like kind yeah. of a wimpy, nerdy type of guy. Like they show, he has yeah, like three VHS timid, tapes, yeah. and they're they're just some kind of like schlocky horror movies. And <laughs> exactly. he obviously makes this like corny knight costume. And his his cat's name is Sir Lancelot. He <laughs> just lives in this <laughs> yes. kind of tiny apartment. He has a crappy little CRT TV. Although it was 2007, so pretty much everyone had crappy TVs back then. So and he eats candy corn. Yes the worst candy of all it's probably the worst kind of corn of all corns too like i'd rather have of all the corns that's the bad one (laughs) yeah exactly uh so you had not seen this movie prior to this year i know you i think you watched it before we settled on doing this for the show but but you just recently have have had this movie come into your life so how do you feel about this movie coming into your life now yeah, man. <laughs> um, you've been you've been talking about Murder Party for a long time. Even I think even when we first started the show, mm-hmm. and I, I think it would, might have been even one some list that you did. Uh, yeah, uh, not maybe not favorite. No, this was my not sure. This was my favorite Halloween movie. That's not Halloween or yes. Trick or Treat. Right, right. So yeah, so um, I didn't know too much about it other than just a couple conversations that we've had. And oh my god, dude, like. You know, when we sit there and we say, oh, look, I want to see a horror type movie and comedy. I'm all about the horror comedies. I love them, you know. Right. Um, you know, the, the Shaun of the Dead-esque type movies. But this, you know, this one t- is, goes a different route where it's more, it, like you said, it's more in the dialogue. It's more in the the, the acting itself versus the mm-hmm. actual actions of the of this movie because it takes place a lot of it just dialogue sure and um yeah and there's no there's nothing supernatural you know, it, or monsters or anything it's all just no. it takes place in reality more or less yeah 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 exactly and like um when you were saying about the collective like he calls this this thing about the collective and mm-hmm. uh i always i always had that thing remember i always said that look you know you can't have seven people in a room and they're all raving lunatic murderers it just doesn't i mean yes to yeah, me, yeah. i just don't buy that i always think that there's one guy and then the rest followers stuff so it this movie answered my prayers in that sense. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't really want to kill him, you know, or they were really sloppy a killer. They were stalling, you know, when they, when he got to the party, yes, uh, yeah. they were stalling a lot, but there's that one guy who's like, fuck it, I'll do it. You know, it's just, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I was, I, I think I appreciated that in this movie a lot because uh, we said that, you know, you got to put some sort of realism in these movies, even though, you know, you got to uh, suspend, suspend disbelief a little bit. So, well, and they they make them realistic in the way that they don't know what they're doing. They're they're obviously not yeah. killers, and so they go through these series right. of things where, when when the guy first gets there, he was like, "All right, cool, I'm just gonna chop this dude in the head with an axe," and then the axe gets stuck in the pull chain for the light, and he and he can't right chop him, and then they're like, "All right, well, fuck it, we'll just tie him up," which I was what. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, well, why why didn't they just then kill him when they caught him? He was about to kill him, and they were all on board. And That's then they're like, saying. well, no, let's That's, tie him up. Yeah, <laughs> let's tie him up. But I and think then, it's yeah. because of the fact and, um, that they're not really, they're not very smart, but right. they're also not killers. So they're like, oh, wait, well, maybe let's think about this. Like they were just had that yeah, instant yeah. reaction. And then no. And then the same thing exactly. with the acid is like this instant reaction of like, all right, fuck this. I'm going to kill this guy. I'm going to dump this, this jug yeah. of acid on him. And then they <laughs> realize that they bought 
super weak acid that was basically vinegar. Because vinegar, he, he dumps it all over him, and he's freaking out. And he's like, "Yeah, you're gonna die, motherfucker!" And then after he dumps it on him, he's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Why did I do yeah. that?" Yeah. And then they're like, "Why does it smell like vinegar?" This is happening. What? What, motherfucker? What? I want to hear the screaming. What? 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 Don't turn it on. Yeah, that's what is. I appreciate the movie so much about that, like that kind of comedy mm-hmm. and that kind of, uh, um, I guess, energy and stuff going through it. Because then now, you know, that we that we get to find out that these are they're all like art students, and they're doing this to please a donor. You know, they're the guy who they, who wants to give them money to complete their art projects, whether it's a movie, I don't know, whatever it's film or art, art itself. Um, yes. But yeah, he has like a I mean? grant. It's all. It's all. Allegedly, he has a. Yeah, grant. and they want to. Yeah, they, exactly, and they want to kill him to prove that they're, you know, edgy and and uh, um, I guess different. That wants to stand out in the art world. I guess that's what this movie's going for. It's it's saying, uh, look, you can't just uh, film something anymore. You have to film somebody being murdered, right, in, in a in a tongue in cheek way mm-hmm. um, to stand out of their peers. <laughs> you know what I mean? So sure, yeah, that- you have a lot of that kind of dialogue of that artsy, you know. Uh, full of themselves narcissistic kind of stuff going on too well right that was the whole setup of of him coming there because each of them has their own style of art and they're going to use this in different ways as an art project to try and earn the grant and the the guy that has the grant money is is coming over and he's kind of you know this big showboat that he's like oh i know all the stuff about art and i'm so awesome and (laughs) i'm in control yeah yeah he brings his drug dealer with him that has a gun so basically everyone has to listen to him anyways Right. Which I love. He's like... The Russian goot. He's like, my, this is my friend Zyko. And they're like, what's his costume? And then they never answer it. Yeah. <laughs> or no, he goes... Because he, oh, he had man. the gun. He's like, oh, don't worry about the gun. It's just it's just pretend. It's part of his costume. And then he's like, what's his costume? And then he just moves on and says something else. Yeah, just... Yeah, it's the Russian dude. He just getting, kind of glances over and gives him that look. <laughs> the Russian drug dealer is Zyko. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, everyone is so yeah, over man, the top uh, and funny. I, yeah. I love... All yeah, their characters fit together so well in that way. Where you, yeah, you and then it the, becomes the quiet ones and the loud ones and the crazy ones. And right, well, like I said, the the guy who we follow, the the answers the murder party invitation is it's he almost becomes a secondary character in the background, tied up, watching these people kind of bicker and unfold in their little ways and and deteriorate in their in their relationships. And that's what's funny about this movie. Sure, is that you got this collective 
and their sole purpose was to please this guy and kill the their guests, whatever. But they end up fighting and bickering, and like I said, their relationships get torn apart. Oh, and yeah, then the yeah. dude is just sitting there watching it, and it's like hilarious, oh, hilarious. Yeah. You know, it's like what is he's like what is this this is a joke or you know it's something like this so that <laughs> well and he can't even um, say anything because he's yeah. he's got you know he's taped up and he's got his mouth covered and whatever <laughs> he can't even yes. chirp in until eventually at one point he does get to actually join the group and talk to him a little bit when they're super high <laughs> when they uh, do the truth serum yes the truth or dare truth serum uh, round table <laughs> yes yeah that was how they were going to liven the party up was that Zyko brought truth serum sodium pentothal and then yes. they, they all shoot it up, except for Alexander, because he doesn't want to accidentally confess to his lies that we find out later that he was telling about not having grant money. Right. But everyone else right. does it, and then they confess to all this ridiculous shit. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, again, like, you're watching this movie, and it's, it, it starts out one way, and then all of a sudden they're they're in a little, you know, circle and just pouring their hearts out because of the truth serum and telling all the, like one guy confesses the love for someone else and one guy he admits he's bisexual. He goes, I'm bisexual, I think, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, right. um, you know, and it just, it just kind of goes into this thing, you know, where uh, our victim guy just, you know, kind of sitting in the chair tied up and just like, at the same time, he knows what he's there for as far as like being murdered. Like they, he knows that they want to kill him, but at the same time, he, he uh, there's a point where he actually joins in with them a, a little bit, like mm-hmm. in the fun, because he's, you know. Well, yeah, because they're super high on the sodium pentothal, and and yeah, then he actually tells a joke that connects with them. He just makes a bad pun, and so they <laughs> they, right, they right, shoot the him puns, up with yes. some, and then they sit around and they're telling secrets. And that's when he he <laughs> told the story about how he shit his pants when he got stuck in the elevator and then had to walk up the stairs. <laughs> yeah, after he it, shit his it pants, hit my foot, to touch my sock. <laughs> It touched my sock. Oh man, yes, yes. They're so like, what's wrong with so you? So yeah, man. <laughs> no, um, I'll just premise this: this is the most we're gonna laugh at of the next three movies Absolutely. because the next three movies are not this no, funny no. at all. They don't have that tone. But um, yeah, I actually had to go back and watch Murder Party after watching the other ones because I needed I needed some a little <laughs> bit of an, uh, right. up, an upper, I guess, if you will. Sure. Um, but yeah, so so this movie, yeah, so. You know this whole this whole collective and everything goes awry and our friend our uh, our um, victim here eventually escapes and um, <laughs> you know he escapes more than escapes. once and the, the first time he escapes yeah. is the best yeah <laughs> yeah oh my god I mean this is a visual thing right but it's probably your and I both of ours best uh, um, scene in the movie mm-hmm. is where our Sir Lancelot or our our knight the cardboard knight locks himself in the closet. And they're all outside the closet, and he opens it, throws a bunch of stuff out of him, and like does like this fake juke, and like runs out, like runs right by him real slow, and they're all looking at each other, like, "What the hell?" Yeah. Oh, I know. It's so great. It's it's not even my favorite scene in the movie. This is like one of my top twenty. Oh yeah. Top twenty scenes in any movie of all time. Gotcha. Yeah, because I'm telling you, they're chasing the guy. He he runs into a utility closet. He's searching around and it, they set it up like it's going to be this he's going to build a weapon he's going to macgyver some kind of shit because he's looking around and he's yeah, like, oh, yeah there's spray cans and lighters and, <laughs> and machinery equipment tools all the stuff and yeah then he just grabs an armful of shit he opens the door like throws it on the ground does like a left right juke move and then just runs away and they're all <laughs> just standing there befuddled like what the fuck just happened and then of course they just run yeah. after him and catch him <laughs> it's so good and it's so stupid. It's yeah, and everybody else in the party is dressed up too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, 
one guy's a, a you know vampire werewolf uh yeah so it's, um, it's the halloween the, theme is definitely here because there's even some halloween decorations yes. in the background oh yeah yeah so like you said uh, this is definitely a halloween theme movie it takes place you know on halloween it's got the adult halloween party and stuff like that so everybody's dressed up too which is really cool sure yeah you, you have uh, the uh, uh daryl hannah's character from blade runners in it yeah oh right right you have the two vampires which then he makes him take off all his yes. vampire shit so he could be the only vampire <laughs> the... at gunpoint. <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> that's how much of a dick Alexander is. Yeah. And then just... <laughs> the Wolfman, right? And then um, Bill yes. was uh, from the baseball dandies from the Warriors. Yes. Which is, yes. is funny because from... I saw this movie like years ago and I have been watching it. Right. And was always like, oh, I don't know. He's just like some baseball player guy. And I had never seen the movie The Warriors until last year. Right. And then I right. saw it, and I saw these guys running out, and I'm like, holy shit, they're dressed up like Bill from Murder Party. <laughs> and then, oh, wait, no. That, <laughs> that movie came out in 1979. Uh, oh, shit, Bill was dressed up right, as a baseball yeah, dandy. Yeah. Now I get it. <laughs> holy shit. I um, I was laughing my ass off when you when you had that epiphany, because I was like, wow. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that a lot of people take for granted. I always think everybody's seen that movie. Right. You know, everybody's seen yeah, the yeah. Warriors. But you know, like, Paul hasn't seen the Warriors. What? I know. Now I love that movie. I want to see it again. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's classic, man. Right. But um, plus it has yeah, uh, it has Sully from, yeah, Bill. from Commando and right? <laughs> the Warriors. He's the the bottles yes. clanging together guy. Yes, yes. Remember, I told you I'd kill you last. Yes, I lied. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last. That's right, Major. You did. I lied. What'd you do with Sully? I let him go. Poor Sully. <laughs> that dude. Yeah, he was. He's um also in uh, one of my favorite movies, Dreamscape. Mm-hmm. He turns into a big snake. I love it. But yeah, anyway, um, Bill, which that you mentioned now, Bill in our movie, Murder Party, dresses the warrior. He ends up. He was the whole time. He's just in the background, painting, sitting crisscross. Right. Like, he's not really into the conversation. Just one liner. Let's vote. Fuck a vote. This has been decided. And what the Christ, guy? You're the one that brought the jug of acid. I mean. Hardcore, right? Bill, what about you? What? Yeah, you ready to murder this dildo? I didn't sign on for a second degree assault party. Fine. Yeah. Uh, kind of guy, just real quiet, but he ends up chasing our our night guy um, to the death. Like he he's the one who goes on this rampage and. Um, sure, which is yeah. the tagline of the movie. Everybody dies. That was his motto. It was uh, the end of the video um, game. He, he just, finished his game. And they were like, everybody dies. And then he was like, fuck. Every, yes, he just exactly. got up and started murdering everyone. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, he, he did this rampaging thing. And we get this nice chase through, uh, again, like this art room. I don't know. Artsy kind of uh, it was thing like an art, going like an on. Art exhibit they, thing. Yeah. Yeah. With, it's like with humans. Art exhibit. Yeah, he chases when Bill chases our dude in our our guy into all these people like kind of like posing in a room um, as an art exhibit. It was like the weirdest thing in the world. Um, Bill ends up killing them all. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess they are fighting and uh, um, their heads get cut off and blood splattered everywhere. And and the other people who were there for the art exhibit thought that was the exhibit. And that was funny too. I know, I know. I love that he says <laughs> when when Chris the night guy is fighting him off and he says, "Stop murdering yes. everybody." <laughs> everybody dies yeah but no that that was yeah it was funny because he was kind of just just chill the whole time and you're like oh yeah he's probably gonna be the one yeah that's gonna 
that goes berserk. You could just tell, yeah. But I, I love Bill because they kept they were trying to figure out what they want for food, and they were like, Bill, I'll eat anything. <laughs> I'll eat anything. I'll eat anything. Yep. How about you, William? I'll eat anything. <laughs> I do that. He just says it like a few times. Yep. I, or I do that the, now. Uh, he had um, the the no wheat thing. <laughs> They're like, I thought we said no drinking yes. until afterwards. And he's like, well, you're doing coke. Well, that's an upper. And he's like, yeah, we said no right. no alcohol and no weed. And then they flip over to Bill and he's lighting a joint. He's like, come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Bill was great in this movie. Yeah. I do that now. What do you want for lunch? I'll eat anything. Yeah. Yeah, I know what the witching hour is. I'm saying I'm going to need some food before then. You want to order food? Yeah, I can pick it up incognito. Also, Megan, I want you to get some cake. We can't have a party without cake. And pizza. No pizza. I feel like... Chinese. William? I'll eat anything. Quail. How about Thai food? You like Thai food? I had Thai food yesterday. Sushi? I don't really like sushi. Yeah, I think we should rule Asian out altogether. Cheeseburgers. I'm not even hungry. You guys want to do like breakfast, like pancakes or something? Milkshakes. I could do Mexican. William? I'll eat anything. Let's let Zyko decide. Zyko? We have fish and chips. There's no vinegar. Oh yeah, I'm odd. Anything but fish. Just get a fucking pizza! With sausage. Plain that might turn out bad though. You got to be careful with that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I always, I loved the characters, the action. It, it, it ramps up. Mm-hmm. And then we haven't even mentioned that right in the very beginning that he gets there with his raisin bread and they tie him up. And then <laughs> the, the zombie cheerleader girl sits down and starts eating his raisin bread. And then she's allergic to like preservatives or something. And she, pa- right. she passes out and hits her head on a pipe and, and impales her brain basically and fucking dies. Yes. As soon as he gets to the party, he accidentally kills the girl with yes. uh, with raisins. <laughs> oh, it's 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 like um some some of it is like you know I'm there I'm sure that's making fun of like that um millennial hipster kind of uh, crowd mm-hmm. you know where everybody's sensitive over this and everybody's sensitive everybody's feeling you know that kind of stuff right it's it's a little bit making fun of it a little too much like you know with the with even with the raisin or like i said the preservative uh allergy right you know that's what i was i was getting a little bit i was like okay yeah there it's it's like that um i don't know a very liberal crowd but they're making fun of it well well, i mean it also top with a lot of this stuff it serves a purpose too of setting up that these people are obviously idiots Yes. Like they, they're well, hosting a party like to I murder said, someone right? like, and immediately yeah. they accidentally kill one of themselves. And then they're like, oh, fuck, we got to yes. hide her body or else Alexander's going to think we're a bunch of dildos. And so they just hide the girl <laughs> in the cooler. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, the like what I got out of this movie, um, as far as story-wise, right? Like, you know, it's it's not just a blind um, run amok kind of movie. It's the guy at the beginning, we show his life. It's like I said, that mundane life, very, you know, one likes him. He's like you said, like a wimpy guy. And mm-hmm. he ends up overcoming this whole, this, uh, attack on him. Right. Um, and it, it all stems back to his cat. You know, the cat wouldn't give him the time of day. He was sleeping on his chair and he comes back to his apartment after this whole thing. He's bloodied up and he's still got the fucking goes, costume on. He goes, <laughs> he's still got the costume on. It's the best of the thing is he doesn't take it off until the very, very end. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, he goes to his cat. He says, "Can you move, Lancelot?" And the cat moves, and he gets to sit down. It's almost like a a, a one, he got a little bit of respect. But yeah, yes. um, yeah, he tried. He tried. <laughs> it's funny the whole time. Yeah, exactly. The the whole time I'm thinking, take that shit off your head because <laughs> you're getting killed. You're getting um, you know, you're getting chased all over the place. Yeah. And you know the costumes obstructing his view and all this stuff, but he keeps it on. Plus, it also you know, makes him more the, noticeable. The whole movie. Like he goes in the crowd, and he's sneaking behind the screen, and then they see just the shadow behind the screen. 
yeah. of, of him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's like, oh, fuck, there he is. I got to go get him now. But if he didn't have the stupid right, yeah. thing on his head, they wouldn't even notice him. <laughs> it's it's It was like, it's that we. It's like, uh, yeah. You know, it's like, dude, right. the first thing I would have done is take that shit off, you know. But yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I thought that was funny. No, he's very attached to it. He bought very he bought a whole he, he worked hard on it. He bought a whole like troll mask just to get a giant box and then he throws the mask away and yes. then uses the box. I feel like that was a reference to something too, but I don't know what the reference was to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know cuz this is his first film. Right. Jeremy's um his first film. I think he did a couple shorts before that, so maybe that has some kind of tie-in because I was I wanted to mention that um um as as he's becoming one of my favorite directors, he uses an actor in all four of these movies that are becoming quickly one of my favorite actors also. Yeah, Macon Blair. Macon Macon Blair. Oh my god, dude. That guy is yes. amazing. Especially in this movie. Um where he plays the Wolfman. He's the one with the axe at the beginning. He's like real sloppy and he's in love mm-hmm. with Lexi, the the Blade Runner chick, and he's just kind of like a uh, a a drunky, you know, fuck up in a way and just sloppy and just man. Sure. He stole he, the show for me in he, this movie. He actually wrote and directed. Well, he is like a co-writer with with Jeremy for some of these movies. Oh, okay. And the guy Chris, the the night guy, I think his real name is Chris. He actually Yeah. The three of them were like a trio thing back when they were first starting gotcha. out. I, I read that somewhere about this. Makes sense, man. But then Macon Blair made... Yeah, makes sense. He made this movie called I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore with Elijah Wood mm-hmm. and Melanie Linsky. That's actually super funny and, and very worth watching. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I, Netflix I, movie, I will definitely watch out. it. I said he's... I will. I will because like I said, he's becoming one of my favorite actors. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. so good and he sells it. Everything he does, I've seen so far, Sure, he's sold it for me. I mean, the, the guy's awesome. And it's funny, they actually, that's his name in the movie. They didn't change it. He's making in the movie, too. Yeah, I want to say that most of them. That's his character, that Wolfman. Like, I know making. Chris, Chris. his name is also Chris in the movie. And I think somebody else yeah. is. Oh, no, Lexi. That makes it easier. Someone else, but, but yeah, I, I thought that was yeah. cool, too. Uh, so, yeah, he's a big part in this one and in the next one. And then he becomes a little bit more of a character in the other ones. Yes. But, so, why don't we kind of work our way to wrapping this one up here and then we can move into the making okay. fe- making blair feature film of blue ruin <laughs> yes yes absolutely uh so I, I i think obviously i had made this well known that this was my favorite halloween movie that's not halloween or trick-or-treat and i've right. been kind of singing the praises of this for a few years even before i had a podcast where anyone was actually listening to me i assume mm-hmm. someone's listening to me <laughs> and i've always loved this one and it's it's something that i feel like if i watch it sparingly i just watch it at halloween time every year then it right. doesn't it hasn't gotten old on me yet or it hasn't gotten to where the, knowing when the jokes are going to happen and when the moments are going to happen only sort of adds to it to me so i i right. personally love this one i have this one rated as a nine out of ten myself very cool very good yeah man um what i did is um before i rated anything i watched all these movies for this show of course and then i started rating them and um okay. knowing the progression of jeremy Selnier's his his type of filming how it progressed you know so rapidly mm-hmm. um i i was at an eight and a half with, i went i was at an eight and a half with this movie and i still am an eight and a half of this movie mm-hmm. um and it's and it's only like I, I see his next films going up as far as style wise and maybe money wise or something. Sure, it's sure. So good that I was like, man, what if you know he started off great and he's he's per, you know projecting into something greater. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a little bit of the 
independent structure to this movie a little bit um be, just because like it, like it depends more on that dialogue more than action and anything which is which is fine which is great mm-hmm. but that would be my like me personally like my only kind of thing that would draw me back from a movie where it's overly dialogue heavy that you had to sit there and watch um which was entertaining as hell but if i had to nitpick something i would say it's a little bit like where it sped up slow down sped up slow down and then of course this mm-hmm. is how you do an ending though this was such a high energy ending oh yeah, yeah. um i think yeah, so i think I, as I'm you watch it more to you sort of appreciate the dialogue more as you know it and, and you kind of yes are waiting for the little funny things to happen yes 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 absolutely because even now i will every once in a while i will go back to just on youtube and i will type in murder party um scene mm-hmm. and that closet scene that we type with that we type <laughs> is one of them that up there i'm telling you i'll watch it three or four times in a row and then i'll just walk away because i was like that that made my day you know mm-hmm. what i mean <laughs> that just that was totally worth it nice yeah this one's pretty awesome though i uh, truth be told the first time i saw it i was like oh that was pretty good but it, it felt mm-hmm. it felt clunky to me and then i think the the clunky nervous clunkiness of it becomes charming yeah as you watch it more and the only reason yeah. that well, that's this one yeah. I, I might have higher than some of his other movies more because the enjoyment factor is so high on this one where obviously Absolutely. some of the other ones the enjoyment factor is not so much <laughs> no. there on the comedic no. level at least this one <laughs> this one had a, a sort of a feel-good movie a little bit like there was somewhere like okay it was kind of cool yeah, uh, it had a happy ending i that, guess that other um, than a lot of innocent people died but yeah a lot of innocent people but the ones that were trying yeah 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 a lot of innocent people but our hero didn't die and you know, he kind of like maybe right. he learned something at the end of this movie. Maybe he gained a little bit of uh, perspective, either on either on life or courage mm-hmm. or something that happened to him. So I, we, I kind of felt that with this character. Yeah, sure. Yeah, at the, I felt the most bad for Paul because he didn't deserve to get shot in the head by Zyko. That was a fucked up scene. <laughs> that was really yeah. what kicked. That was like the catalyst <laughs> of the whole high energy conclusion. Right? It was like he's all stoned on yes. the sodium pentothal, and then Zyko comes back with the bag of crank, and then he's like. Oh hey dude, he's like shoot Paul in the face, and then he just pulls out the gun, and fucking shoots him yeah. in the head, and you're like, oh shit, this is fucking, this is happening. <laughs> yes, you know, I want um when we do this at the end, there's an overarching theme with Jeremy's movies. Mm-hmm. Somebody gets shot in the face every oh, single yes. movie. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of face shooting. Very brutal. Movies. Yeah, and also th- yeah, three out of it in, yeah. three out of four of them, he has a white guy say the n word in the in them. <laughs> I saw that. I I kind of uh, um, made a mental note of that too. Yes, and one of them is a very prestigious actor that says it too, which we'll get That's to right. that one later. That's right. Uh, cool. So yes. yeah, this yes. one's awesome. I'm I'm glad that we found a way to fit this onto the show because yeah. I I was going to do this on a show that didn't Absolutely. work out a long time ago, and I I didn't even go back and look at the notes, but I took notes for the show like a year and a half ago for this movie. Oh sure. So. Yeah, yeah. There's so much more like different scenes to talk about too. You know. If we yeah. Had, well, um, and I, th- I think you had said a lot of it is things, visual but, uh, yeah. stuff too, or or we're just trying mm-hmm. to repeat dialogue, which becomes annoying to people when they're like, "Oh, you're fucking <laughs> you're paraphrasing, asshole." Exactly. Exactly. Because there's a lot of like little nuances and facial expressions in the movie that I just crack up at. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely. Yeah. There's some good stuff there. All right. Well, why don't we move on to the next one? Okay. So the next one we uh, did, and it's a second movie. Uh, it's called Blue Ruin from 2003. Um, the IMDb synopsis is, A mysterious outsider's quiet life is turned upside down when he returns to his childhood home to carry out an act of vengeance, proving himself am- 
Proving himself an amateur assassin, he winds up in a brutal fight to protect his estranged family. Right. So, this one stars Macon Blair. Yes. Which was in the, the last movie as the Wolfman, and this is his, you know, premiere movie. That I mean, it's all about him. And um, mm-hmm. that IMDb is very vague. That synopsis is vague. It's, 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 it's kind of accurate, but it's a little bit vague. Sure. You know, um, because as we find out during the movie, you know, this is a uh, this is a very drama thriller type movie mm-hmm. rather than horror but there's the horror elements is the gore in it there's there's some brutal killing scenes in this movie um, yeah and there's a ton of tension and and yes kind of yes. this this uh you know a lot of weight in stock type of shit that's going on so i think yep. that there's yeah exactly there's enough that kind of puts it next door to the horror movies yeah exactly but it's again it, um the tone of it is very dark. Um, mm-hmm. This is one where I don't think I laughed one time in this entire movie. No. Um, it was very surreal, very, very dark, uh, yes. very visceral. So this actually came out quite a bit later. So I'm not sure what he did in between 2007 and 2013 were the movie release dates, but whatever he did, he mm-hmm. definitely went to a real fucking dark place because yes. he went from yes. having and a I, very funny situational comedy type of movie to again another movie nothing supernatural yeah. it's all takes place in reality and it's just like people in really really bad situations and, and you know a lot mm. of uh, yes kind of mental illness and and violence for no reason and you know it's it's a it's a pretty <laughs> fucked up movie yeah. for sure yeah it's 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 one of those like um to kind of go through it a little bit like you know he, they, we start off with our character and he's he's a home he's homeless and he's kind of living off the streets and all that stuff and um he gets picked up by a cop and the cop tells him look he gives him a little newspaper article and says look uh so and so just got released mm-hmm. you know and she's i just want you in this i want you in the police stations you're not in trouble i just want you here when you hear the news so now we're getting like okay what's going on so you know our our uh i, I forgot what his character's name is in the in the movie sorry but um making Blair's oh, character he he quickly gets into what's it I'm sorry oh I said I'll look it up sorry oh okay yeah so he gets into his car he, he's homeless but he's also you know kind of preparing for something you kind of see he he gasses up his car he's got money uh, he puts the battery in his car but he's like bearded long hair homeless guy and uh he drives up to a prison watches a inmate get released so we're like okay he's waiting for this dude um and is obviously uh uh what they're for to for violence because he actually like scoped out a gun store and stuff sure. like that and um follows him to a bar i guess the family picks him up in his limousine company that they have they follow him to a bar to celebrate his release well he gets out <clears throat> goes into the restroom waits for the convict guy to come out and uh confronts him and kills him you know neck you know stabs him in the neck and, mm-hmm. and struggles with him and kills him and uh escapes in the meantime the family's there and they, they find out they're flipping out and uh in the meantime, he drops his keys in the bathroom, too. So he, can't, he has to leave his Buick there, his, his car. But right. he steals the limousine that they drove, that they drove in. And yes. he takes off with that. But um, I guess there's a teenager in the back that pulls over and teenager leaves. And that comes to play later. So sure. he goes to his family. Uh, um, he actually goes to another house and gets cleaned up. And, you know, breaks in someone's house and cuts his hair, shaves, steals clothes and, uh, you know, bandages wounds and everything and then he goes to he get, cleans himself and i guess he goes to his sister's house mm-hmm. and he's he tells her he goes hey you know i guess she blames him for leaving he's been gone just left after what we find out was the guy who just killed him you know had killed his parents and you know that's mm-hmm. what he was in jail for and uh 
so he's confronting his sister and said, look, um, you know, he got out. And she goes, don't worry. There's a restraining order. He goes, no, I, I just killed him, you know. And she's like, right. well, good. I hope he suffered. You know, they were all pissed off because, you know, the, the guy killed his parents, right? So, right. But he's like, you know, I've been looking on the news all day and haven't found anything. And this is where my heart, like my stomach kind of sank. They both kind of realized, oh, shit, though, they never called the police. Right. And, and he left the I car there. I guess they had, and he left the car there. So they, you know, they they figure, oh, shit, they're going to come for the sister, like the house, you know, where mm-hmm. lone location. So um, that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. This becomes like a family feud kind of deal where. They didn't notify the authorities they were going to take Justin in their own hands, and he was taking Justin in his own hands, and, and it just kind of, like, you know, progressed from there where, you know, he, he uh, they the, the family members came for him, and the, the, the sister and them left, and sure. now we get this, um, like you said, uh, um, sneaking in the shadows, kind of, you know, trying to trick them, and um, he, they end up yeah. wounding him. Well, we and, see that he's yeah. an amateur assassin, obviously. He's not very good at killing yeah. people but what he is is he's very crafty and and smart and able to think on the fly in this movie and that keeps him one step very ahead observant. of these people because these yeah. people are just kind of like drunk idiots that are used to kind of strength yes. in numbers and they don't operate by themselves very often and so right. he kind right. of outsmarts them for a lot of this stuff and pretty much ends up mm-hmm. you know having the, the one step ahead on them all the time yeah, he's he's like I said, he's very observant, so he'll he'll mm-hmm. notice like uh, you know something that's off, and he can go and, and encounter that and stuff. Right. But no, it very tense, man. Like I said, this movie really put this uh, this Macon Blair up in my book. Like, wow, what a one of the best actors, um, physical acting, acting scared, acting frightened, acting mm-hmm. you know where it wasn't just a yes, it was premeditated murder what he did, but it was also that reaction, that reactionary thing that he did, you know, it was like shaking but sloppy, of course. He's not a, a murderer. Right. Or, a, you know, a, well thought out and everything. It was just kind of like, I, I, I'm taking my revenge. And what was great about this movie, too, as as everything's going, you know, he's taken his role in this life like, look, you killed my parents. I get my sister safe. I'm going to kill you guys, and I don't care what happens to me. Like, he was just like, he didn't really care if they killed him. He right. just did not. He wanted his revenge and his sister and her her, her daughter safe. So, yeah, which was kind of like a theme going on, you know, which is which is cool. Which again, uh, in a struggle in the first uh, attack when the family comes after him, he ends up running over one of the brothers, I guess, um, and kidnapping him and stuff. And and I go into one of his high school buddies, yeah, that he knows, and he's like, "Look, uh, yeah, that dude was awesome." Um, and this guy worked at a you know at a bar. A club and stuff and he's like one of those off the grid kind of guys you know he knows that he's the one of those off the grid kind of weird or uh, uh i guess just very uh very conservative with gun toting guy uh says i look i need a gun kind of deal and the guy shows him how to how to do it he goes i don't want to ask questions but what do you need it for close range you know sh- uh, sniping <laughs> what do you what do you need to do it for right you know um ends up telling here here's some guns and stuff like that and you get a little backstory of like, look, when you took off, you know, I plastered this whole neighborhood with flyers and it was, we we're looking for you. And so you get that sense of like when this guy's parents were murdered, you know, he took off and I guess waited for the day this guy came out of jail. Right. Yeah. So, they they go and, through yeah. a long process of setting up what the whole story is and give you little pieces along the way. And I, mm-hmm. I like the yeah. way that they kind of drag the little bits out here and there for you to pick up and not just have Absolutely. everything right up front like if they would have had in the beginning the cop picks him up and he goes to the police station and they're like 
Hey, remember that guy that killed your father and mother? Well, and he's been in prison <laughs> right. and now he is being released. So we know that you've been yeah. away from your family and your sister for all this time. Like if they just did a huge exposition uh, dump yeah, right in the beginning and then acted out and like, well, this <laughs> exactly. is fucking dumb, but they, <laughs> exactly, they let it kind exactly. of breathe and just take its time. And even though it is kind of slow, yeah. there's, there's all these moments, which I see in a lot of his movies, some more than others, where it goes kind of quiet and slow for a little bit and then there's a huge spike mm -hmm. and then it goes quiet and slow and then yes. a huge spike and it goes up and down a lot uh yeah, I, I love the, the first time that they come to the house and they're trying to break in and he kind of is just sitting there waiting for him and he sets up to you yeah. know he leaves the water running in the upstairs bedroom so they go up mm -hmm. to check that and he sneaks outside and tries to steal the car and shit yeah yeah just very no, it, it, smart exactly action. It's funny because it, like it's even like it's very like you know uh, a slow build up as far as like um, you know no action, but it's there's a very tense build up. Like you're tense the whole time. Like mm -hmm. when you're watching this movie, like you you're not taking your eyes off the screen because it's like you know he's in a dark corner and it's in the camera does this thing where it pans out and the guy slowly walks across. It's but it's all tension. The whole movie right. is like tension. Yeah. And it's and it's great how how it's set up. You know, um, like I said, the acting superb by all characters in this movie. It's mm -hmm. just a great movie. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, so like, like this kind of like spoil it and go, go forward the thing, you know, he, the other brother that he kidnaps, um, the friend of his kills him, you know, a headshot, boom, yeah, a sniper, you know, blows his head. Well, yeah, yeah so kind of like almost blows he, his head off there. He like kidnapped the guy basically and threw him in the trunk of the car and then he wouldn't let yes. the guy out until he could get a gun so he went back to his high school yearbook found the guy that he knew was like a military guy and sort of a gun nut or whatever right and he went and asked right. him that you the guy you had mentioned but he's like oh i'm just gonna go off on your property and he thinks that he's all alone and there's a struggle with the the redneck guy and he says the n-word right he gets the gun from him <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> just as he's about to shoot uh, I, I looked up the character's name is Dwight our main character just as Dwight. he's, as he's about to Thank shoot you. him then all of a sudden his face just explodes you, well you, yes. you hear it was great you hear the shot for like a few seconds before and then his face just explodes and you're like oh shit it yeah. was gun nut dude sniped yeah. him <laughs> yeah oh man and and one one quick point to, to also like he kidnapped him for almost a reason too because when the guy was alive and he just kept asking Dwight kept asking the redneck brother the same question did you come after me or my sister like are you coming after like my you know my my family or me mm -hmm. and he kind of just tells no we're we're after you you know sure we, yeah well that's you know, his we knew his whole motivation that you killed her, that you said before was yeah. that he doesn't care about himself he just wants to right know about them and so after that guy dies. He actually tries yeah. to call the family and say, look, you know, two from my family are dead and two from your family are dead. Yes. Can we just call it a truce and, yes. and say, like, let's stop this now. You know, I'll turn myself yeah. into the police if you want or whatever, but you have to you know, stay away from my family and shit. He doesn't care yeah. about himself. He just wants to protect his no. sister. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, it, I, it, I think that's it's cool because you could see in the little bit of interaction that they have that. At one time, there was something that was close there, and then he mm -hmm. went through all the stuff and um, took it much harder than the sister did. Yes, and and we also found out that yeah. the guy that he killed wasn't the guy that killed his parents. He just took the rap for his dad because right. his dad he was dying to... of cancer. Yeah, exactly. So his dad was having an affair with this other family. I think like, there's just two families. So the mm -hmm. dad was having an affair with the mom, um, 
and the dad killed the parents right. i guess i don't know how some sort of dispute or something happened so yeah and the, the one of the sons the redneck family's sons took the rap because yeah he didn't want his dad to die in prison because he was dying for cancer anyway and i guess he got off on something where he only did so much time maybe a self-defense right. thing i don't know what it was but uh come to find out you know the other brother was bragging and said you didn't even kill the person who killed your parents you know it was my dad and he lived a uh, he really lived the rest of his life, you know, watching football and eating whatever he wanted, yeah, you yeah. know, kind of like a, you know, a knife turn there. Yeah. And, um, you know, which, which prompted even more violence, you know, him to oh, go yeah. finish the job or whatever and went back to their, he found their, their cabin in the woods and emptied the house of all the guns and found the, the dad's grave and he pissed on it. And, I know. That uh, was awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was sitting there it was a scene like he's sitting there in the kitchen just drinking water over water and he found the grave i know i was like what is he doing (laughs) (laughs) i love it it was so good and again at the whole um the whole climactic battle at the end you know the the family the rest of the family shows up and they have a gun battle you know they end up killing each other and the son or the kid that was in the limousine at the beginning of the film Mm-hmm. Uh, comes around the corner and shoots, you know, protecting his family. He shoots Dwight, and they told him he, you know, Dwight kind of makes the revelation, like, you know, um, that's my dad's son, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he had an affair, and I think that's why everybody went nuts. It's, it's, uh, they were, they had uh, a kid together, uh, right, right. That all the, the family, I guess, were something. But again, we don't really know the dispute and why his parents were murdered in the first place. But sure. it had to be something with the son and everything else. And you know, of course. Everybody dies that Dwight killed. You know, he ends up dying and shooting the re- remaining of the family, and they're all sitting there, pull of blood, and the kid, you know, walks off. And yes. that's how the that's how it ends. Um, Everybody dies. Such a downer. It, it's a downer and such a tragic, like tragedy thing. But you know what? You're 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 watching this more. When I was watching this movie, I'm sitting there going, "Man, Dwight, like you felt for the characters. You felt for even the rednecks a little bit. You know, like okay." You know, the dad did something, the brother went away, and they were just trying to move on with their life. But, you know, again, we don't really know to the T. It kind of leaves up for interpretation of why the uh, the dad killed the two. And it's probably because, um, you know, she was pregnant with, you know, the son or whatever or, or something. something. Yeah, well, and you could have uh, probably... kind of like hiding a secret or something. I'm sure they could have expanded upon that, but then that's where you get yeah. into... Now this becomes a two-hour movie, and there's so much extra <laughs> right, shit, yeah. and it becomes kind of boring because right. it feels like, is it padding? Is it really necessary to know all that? Or you just know right. they're shitty Again, people, and yeah. the dad was fucking the mom, and they, they had to kill him. Yeah. Or he had to kill them for whatever reason. I think it was that he was supposed to kill uh, Dwight's father, and the mom right. just happened to also be there. And That's what it was. That's, she got killed that's by what accident. It was. Yeah, he said, because uh, the other brother was confessing before he got sniped in the head. He was something like that where, you know, your dad was killed by my dad, but your mom just kind of was there in the way, mm-hmm. you know. And, he was like, yeah, that was oh, well. Yeah. He said, yeah. mistakes were made. And uh, he's right, mistakes were made. Mistakes were made here. Clearly mistakes were made. There were mistakes made. Mistakes were made. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but damn, dude, like, go from murder party to this. <laughs> You know, yeah. So I'm. I, like I want to know what happened. I'm to already him depressed in those years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was a little like, depressed you're, you're coming right, out of dude? this movie, but uh, but great though. But a uh, but really good though. Like like I would watch. Honestly, as depressing as the movie was, I, I still would watch it again. Yeah, and I watched it twice. Getting ready for the show. Yes, and me it's, too. It's another one that I feel like it it got better as I watched it more because I watched it once 
like a, I don't know, a year or two ago and hadn't seen mm, it again okay. until now watching it uh, two times in a short period of time. And it was like, wow, this actually is really yeah. pretty deep when you focus in and, and pick everything apart. So Yes, yes. Like, I mean, it, it reminds me of like those, um, you know, there's certain movies that uh, you don't think like you're watching a, a, uh, movies or you don't think like you're watching actors almost like you're just put a camera in the room and just watch these people their lives yeah, and yeah. that kind of remind me of a little bit you know what, what like his his movies seem to be like that now um mm-hmm. after murder part like you said there was you know there was some time there and i think he's a cinematographer also so he must have been working on other projects but uh he learned something very valuable in filmmaking which i i think as a viewer that i pick up a lot it's not you know we're not just watching an actor read a line and move and move do these move in his arms and stuff they're sure, actually sure. like He's getting, and I think there's lots to go with that. Making Blair, mm-hmm. he found a gem there. You know, this guy carries this carries movies, and he had such an emotional delivery. Um, but also, he has those very monotone deliveries too. Very, very quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, very, very. But it's all in the eyes. It's all in his eyes, and how he how he kind of reacts to the situation and stuff like that, which makes it like on the edge of your seat watching this movie. I was like tense the whole time. Even if downtimes, I was tense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or he can be crazy and screaming and and drinking yes. a jug of moonshine. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and lighting his face he, on he fire. He could be like the yeah the Zach Galifianakis character. Like that's how he was in the in the murder party. He was almost like if Zach Galifianakis was casted in that, so he'd yeah. be acting. It was so I know, funny. I, th- I thought that too. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this this one, I have said you know I like the way that they kind of take mm-hmm. their time with everything but they don't over explain it but everything is explained enough to where you're not yeah going like well wait why the fuck is he who did what to who now right what happened right i love you're getting it. small breadcrumbs I, up to the end which is perfect sure you know and, and i love they do a thing in this movie that i i always get annoyed with when i, th- I think that it's when he's talking with his friend mm-hmm. and he was he was basically telling him that when you have the gun on somebody, you know, don't give speeches, don't give an explanation, oh, right. don't talk about it. He's like, just fucking put the gun on and then shoot. Like, if you're gonna shoot him, then shoot him. Don't don't waste time. Right. And then he kind of ends up doing that at one point, and then he also <laughs> kind of ends up talking and not shooting later. So. Yes. But yeah, yeah. I, I love one. Exactly the opposite. <laughs> they do that because it's always like, oh, you could just shoot him right now and then it's over. And like, no, let me right. fucking like talk right. and hold you here for a little bit and then you get the gun back. Because that was that was his mistake with the other guy was, you know, he gets the guy out of the trunk and he's like talking and he gets too yes. close and almost gets himself killed there. But then later, right. I, and I love how he set that up where he, he took all the guns out, like you said, but he also called and yeah. left a message on their answering machine. Yes. Where he was offering the truce, and then while they're listening, he's standing around the corner with a gun, waiting to see their reaction. It's like, yeah, you know, just have to leave yeah. my sister and and her kids alone. And he's like, "Fuck that, we're going to Pittsburgh to get her, motherfucker." And then he's just like, "Okay, yep, shot, shot, Blasting. dead." <laughs> like, he didn't which even is, which say is anything. Like, he just so, shot. Him. Yeah, exactly. Which was sitting there. What when when I was watching, I go, "I want." As soon as I, he was around the corner, he had the the gun aimed to him. I'm sitting there going, "Man." He's about to let him go because they were almost going to let it just drop it, right? Two for two kind right. of deal. And then that guy had to spout off. And, yep, it was just like, and I'm sitting there, you got to kill him now. You right. have to. The damn toxic masculinity got the best of him. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and, wow, I'm going to fucking the one kill that, someone else. I got more vengeance in me. And then he got killed. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was looking um, some things up, and uh, the one who played this, the older woman in that group, 
Okay. Was uh, Jan Brady from the Brady Bunch. Oh, shit. The original. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, I didn't notice that watching <laughs> it because, you know, I can't I can't tell. But as I was going through the cast, I'm like, oh, shit, that's Jan Brady. Right. <laughs> she did a great job. Yeah. And he, and he has some other, there's some reused people here and there, too. Like the, the kid that ends up shooting Dwight and eventually killing him. Yes. Is in Green Room as yes. well. I'm trying. To, I think there might be yes. one or two other crossover actors, but he definitely likes yeah. to reuse uh, some of the same people, which is awesome. Yeah, and which I love. Like I love watching that, especially like doing this kind of a uh, uh, grouping of movies sitting there. You kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, right on. And and like when we're going with Hold the Dark, when we get into, I was waiting for who. Okay, who who can I recognize from his other movies? Oh, I forgot that in the fir- in Murder Party, the zombie cheerleader that died in the beginning is actually his wife. Uh, his wife in real life? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, her name is like I think her name's actually Sky, which it was in the movie too. Sky Solnier. Gotcha. Yes. Yes. Nice. But yeah, it's it's cool. He he definitely reuses some people like that, and I I like when you mm-hmm. find mm-hmm. out that oh that person that was totally just like a small part was actually somebody that you would know from the past to like Jan Brady. That's pretty awesome. Yes. Very. Cool. Yeah. Exactly. Like you know I, I wouldn't know that unless I looked it up. You know. No, I've got to watch it again. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the the way that it ends. You know, he, he shoots them. They have the standoff, and then the kid ends up shooting yes. him, and then he's the only one that survives. And I feel like this is the only one that doesn't have a sort of happy ending ish. <laughs> right. Well, that, I, w- I was just reservation. gonna. S- yeah, I was just gonna say. Um, you know, everybody like, like I said, everybody died at the end, but you also know that the threat is gone too. Sure. Like Dwight dying and taking out the entire family except for the kid, which was, you know, going to go off and just live his life. He's, I don't think the kid had any acts of vengeance in him, even though his whole family's dead now. Right. He was just kind of going to go off and do whatever. The the one thing, like I said, yeah, it ended on a very, very down note, like everybody dying. and right. But also the threat was eliminated on both sides, too. Like the sister and the kids can go off and, and be, you know, yes, you have to, you know, tragedy of losing your brother. But at the same time, you're not going to be sought after, and the people who ruined your, you know, your your parents' life and your life essentially are all dead too. So, right. in a way, well, it's like you know, Dwight had to had to die in this movie. He had to. Um, well, I like to know, think it, that it the kid went on way. to become the kid in Green Room. He like left, and then he went. That, that's <laughs> like his new life. It's the same kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went to be a <laughs> punker. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I mean, right, that'd be the cool. guy lived by himself in Green Room. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, all right. Well, we can probably start to wrap this one yes. up here before we get cool, to cool. Our, our talking too long about the same things over and over. I know, I, right? I think <laughs> yeah, we're going to repeat. Well, you know, the opposite thing of Murder Party with this one is that there's not a ton of things. It's It's not a long movie mm-hmm. and there's not a lot that happens in it. You know, you have these couple huge spikes of action and then just a right. lot of kind of small visuals Tension. and stuff yeah. that, that really add to it. And this one yeah. is, is very well, you could see where he, he took the camera outside and he got really yes. into the, the visuals and the pickup shots and the setting the scene and mm-hmm. filling the space and, and making the movie not just be a movie, but be a film, be beautiful. Right. Right. And right. I, I will actually rate this one slightly lower than Murder Party at an mm-hmm. 8.5, but only okay. purely just be, because of the enjoyment factor of Murder Party. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one just yeah. has a higher thing because 
of the yeah model, but i love it but yeah i can't really fault too yes. much other than i mean i feel like it's it's gone up to maybe almost being a nine at this point from watching it a few wow. times yeah because it sure it makes more sense as you watch it more times and yeah so as as you watch it one time and then you rate it and you go well i, I kind of didn't really get all the details but because they're so subtle then you have to spend a little bit more time with it i think so i'll stick with an eight and a half but it's it's definitely right up there though okay yeah a hundred percent like i would love to you know sit there and, and, and again i will recommend this but i will watch it again um i have it at a solid eight and um nice. and it's probably you know, I, had, I had murder party at eight and a half i have this one at eight and it's and it's only because look it's it's a it's a draw you know like i said we have these you know sometimes we get into these little uh backed in a corner with labels a little bit um because this movie with compared to like all these other kind of drama movies like like or thriller movies that i've seen this is up there big time but um mm -hmm. in the my taste and movies like i don't seek out these types sure like this, this isn't this your type, of type. Movie. yeah right exactly but again i and eight is is fantastic to mm -hmm. me um you know, like I, I rate a lot more horror movies down from that, and I, I guess definitely put this in the umbrella of you know real life horror because it's it's all too real. Like all this stuff hits it'd be depressing because it, it all can and probably has happened. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the realness on the acting of the of of actually like these people uh -huh. acted so well in it that it was like wow, this did they do this before <laughs> you know that yeah, confusion yeah. states and like everything you said you know it's it was it was real but yeah real depressing at the same time but again, oh yeah maybe yeah. you know uh, something like talking up to you about it now and looking like oh you know no well, yeah as depressing as it was it still eliminated the threat like the killer didn't escape at the end and to kill more uh you know sure, we've sure. seen in the past and stuff so yeah and yeah I, man i don't think that dwight living would have made the score higher or lower necessarily it just would have been a different story like it wouldn't have yeah, affected the score the just guy the story was, yeah because the guy was so distraught that this was the only way out for him to me when i was watching i was like okay sure. dwight can't move on his sister has moved on she's got a new life but Dwight's the one who went yeah, away yeah. for this moment, and this was his this was his moment. And I don't think him living him living might have brought my score down, quite honestly. He, well, and I would even I think if say he lived and and he I don't know walked off into the sunset or something, I would assume that <laughs> he would just go back to being what he was. Like I, f I right. feel like he was an institutionalized type person, but not by an institution. Yeah. But yeah. To, he was a, a he was a hostage to his own life at that yes. point where yeah. I don't think that he would have wanted to try to be like oh okay now I eliminated the threat now I could be normal because he has to live with the fact that he just right. killed all these fucking people now so he's still going to be all yeah. fucked up and have all this anxiety about being around people and yes. isolate himself and stuff so well because then he's just going to don a costume and try to, to uh, you know seek vengeance for other people's behalf right. it's like every superhero <laughs> you know what I mean sure uh, killing you know sometimes revenge you're not going to get anything out of it you might feel good for that moment but then it'll it'll still haunt you because you still lost you know at the yeah. same time it's like every superhero uh, tragic story look at batman or maybe we don't see it and he actually does live and then he goes on to be a bouncer at a nazi bar oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, too bad yeah in in greenville he has, we don't see a scar or something that'd be cool they kind <laughs> right. of reference it <laughs> i know it would be funny if there was if there was a way to connect the movies, that there was some sort of a through line right. to when he picks up in the in the fourth movie, when we see him again, you're like, oh shit, now this is what he's doing. <laughs> he's in Alaska. <laughs> yeah, he really fucking is trying to escape. You know, some I think 
I think we're going to headcanon that and make it happen in our heads. Mm-hmm. That's what we'll do. Absolutely. In the Solniaverse. Solniaverse. Yes. I'm not sure how to connect to that, but you get what I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's pretty good. We We have a pretty good feel for those two. Yeah. And we are going to take a brief intermission here. We're going to play another song that was in one of these four movies. We'll come back and talk about the other two. from 2015 so we come right back two years after blue ruin with another mm-hmm. col- colored theme movie in green room <laughs> yes uh this one it says a punk rock band is forced to fight for survival after witnessing a murdy murder at a new oh my god let me just start <laughs> over it's cool <laughs> a punk rock band is forced to fight for survival after witnessing a murder at a neo-Nazi skinhead bar. Right. And that's all it says. So that's pretty simple, yeah. I think. This one, yeah. it, it, it's a very simple story, and I think they throw a few little things in there that upon 
multiple watchings of the movie again mm. you, you pick up some little extra stuff but even yeah. without the extra stuff just that basic plot of you know band goes to bar because of well-paying gig wanders right. into the wrong room see something mm-hmm. they shouldn't now become hostages yeah um with just like the last movie blue ruin this this movie sets up like that tension and that dangerous like you w- just entered the wasp nest kind of deal you know oh, yeah, yeah. with the whole um out in the woods neo-nazi area but yeah that, like uh mm-hmm. i felt so uneasy in this movie because oh, yeah, again yeah. you're again you're you're surrounded by enemies that you're performing for and it's like one wrong move you don't know what is going on you just want to kind of go in there get in get out even the even uh uh Macon blair who is in this movie too um kind of tells him the same kind of deal it's like just get in uh you got you're gonna play and then here's your money you'll leave you know it's it's just it's simple it's uh you know it, yes it, yeah, of yeah. course it wouldn't be a movie if it didn't go south but sure well uh, and I, I think that it man it, it yeah. does uh it does great at showing how much potential for danger there is in this like everything yeah. is you know in the last one they didn't really show very much with this this family of shitty people that mm-hmm. are sort of the mm-hmm. threat you just kind of get a little bit right and in this one it's like immediately you go okay well, yeah. this is they're not yeah. fucking around at all no exactly and so and so how how to set this movie up it's um a punk band right they're out they're, they're just kind of traveling and they're you know you get the sense that they're the pure punk band they just do it for the live energy they don't really care about yeah. selling it even comes up in the and... one interview where the they're doing the yes. interview with the the kid that survived from blue ruin <laughs> exactly that comes the back in this week and yes. he's he's like you know how come you guys aren't on social media and stuff and right i love the way that he explains the yes. whole thing about yes. how you know they want to live in the moment and not have a presence online as yes. much as just like you come you see it you experience it and then it's over uh which brings you to the fact you guys are hard to find why no social media presence that's because booking more shows selling more records would blow it's not hard rock no one wants to starve, but when you take it all virtual, you lose the texture. What do you mean, texture? Just, you gotta be there. The music is for effect. It's time and aggression. Technical wizardry. And it's shared live. And then it's over. The energy can't last. Then it's over, right? Now they're not interested in selling. Of course, and he did made a good point. He goes, "Look, we all want to eat at the same time, but uh, you know they're doing this as far as an art form, and you know mm-hmm. what punk rock is truest form was. You know, um, it wasn't about touring and being famous. Um, but again, they, they sure, do yeah, realize that yeah. they do have to eat, so that's why they they take these gigs. But it's also um, Anton Yelchin was in this movie, who yes. played young Chekhov in Star Trek, which was in Burying the X that we covered. And of course, mm-hmm. he had passed away, and it was just like you know, I just want to say before we get into the movie is that I'm feeling his loss as an actor because he's so good in this movie and he was so good in Burying the X and everything mm-hmm. he's done that oh, I'm yeah, sad yeah. that that we have nothing else. From him, and of course, you know, just his life in general. I mean, it's always sad when someone when goes, yes. especially when he does an accident. But man, it just reinforced my my feelings. Like, man, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna feel this one for a while when I don't see him in movies uh, in the future because he was he's, he was just so good. Sure, so, yeah, yeah. Like you could you yeah. could tell that he cares and that he yes is is really invested in the stuff that he does. He's not 
just like trying to be a, a popular yeah. guy or something. And I agree. Right, and right exactly. I, I think exactly. that I read that this was his last uh, quote-unquote feature film because mm. this did play in some theaters. It wasn't like a huge wide release, but it played in some theaters. Because yes. I think that there's a movie that came out, one or two that came out after this that he was in, but they were mm, just okay. like independent movies that didn't go to a theater. Yeah, so this is right. the last movie in a theater that he was in technically. So Yeah. But yeah, yeah definitely that sucks. And he was, but, he was young too, so. Yeah. Yeah, very young, you know, and and uh, exactly, exactly, and like I said, in the way he was going, it just kept ramping up, and it was like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna feel this one, so yeah, right. Um, but yeah, so so they're in this this punk band, and uh, they go, to, I guess they're at, in Oregon somewhere, um, mm-hmm. traveling and doing whatever, and they come across the the Mohawk kid, which is our our survivor from Blue Ru- Blue Ruin, mm-hmm. and uh, tells him, look, uh, you go play this little diner or whatever, and they give him like thirty bucks to split, and they were all pissed off, and he's like, okay, well. Let me make it up to you. Let me call my cousin, see if I can get you a, a better gig. And so he, he does it. He goes, look, I got you this gig. It's up in Portland, outside Portland, Oregon. Um, he's all, you know, it's 350 bucks. And they're like, yeah, cool, we'll do it. And, he, and they're like, what to expect? And he's like, well, you know, what do you say? Uh, boots and braces or braces and something like that. And he's like, you know, yeah, all there's a whole right thing. or all left. <laughs> it's like I've, hinting at, yeah. I can't remember the whole thing, but... I know that he said that it was boots and braces, which I'm not sure what that reference is to, but obviously it's a skinhead thing. Because then yeah. he asked him, what kind are we talking about? And he mentioned sharps, which I looked I looked up because I had actually heard I had heard Damien Burkett, uh, the witch, who was talking about it mm-hmm. on a show. Mm-hmm. And sharps is actually an acronym for skinheads against racial prejudice. And they were like the original, oh, okay. one of the original kind of skinhead movements. Well, the skinhead movement was always a music movement, you know, right. uh, the way they dress. It wasn't it had nothing to do with racism at all. Yeah, yeah and then uh, he said something about them being, like, ultra-left or something, which didn't make any sense he to said, me. But. He said they're alt-right or ultra-left the way that he goes, wherever you you, you kind of pinpoint it. That's what he said. He goes, right. he goes you know, alt-right or ultra-left, you know, whatever way you want to view yeah. it, I guess. Um, he said, pretty much he said, look, just... just just play your older shit and you'll have no problem. Yeah, <laughs> play, play heavy no stuff. Yeah, so play heavy stuff. You know. <laughs> then, of course, they get there and then Anton Yelkin's uh, Pat is his name. We'll refer to him. His yes. character name, Pat, is like, yeah. I have a really stupid idea as he's they're, <laughs> they're in their their green room, quote unquote green room. Yes. There's nothing green in the mm-hmm. room, but it's the no. proverbial green room. Correct. He's like, I have a really crazy idea. And then they show them out yes. on stage, and he's like, I-, "I don't think we should do this, guys. We shouldn't do this. <laughs> don't be a bitch. You got to play it, or else we're going to tell them that you're a Jew." And he's like, right, Fuck. right. And then I mean, there's they, like, yeah, they play the Dead Kennedy song, Nazi, <laughs> Nazi, Nazi punks. Fuck off. God, I can't even say Nazi. I'm so not Nazi <laughs> that I can't even say it. Exactly. Exactly. Like, we're so anti. We can't even say the word. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. So they play it, and of course, the crowd is like, you know, flipping them off and turning against them, but they they complete their set, you know, and. Uh, or they complete the song, and it was kind of entertaining, to mm-hmm. say the least, to watch these guys, you know, react to it or find out where where exactly they're at, you know. Um, yeah, well, and I think not violent yet, but it's in scary in like a, a, a pure punk environment like that. The crowd almost yeah. likes a little bit of abuse too. They kind of yeah, oh, want to be course, treated like shit and spit on, and that's part of the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, because when they go into their other songs, you know, the crowd, of course, they get into it and yes, they, they yeah. play their 
they play their set and uh they go back to their their room and again here's here's uh uh Macon Blair's character he's he plays like the, the bouncer like as the manager of this bar mm-hmm. uh skinhead bar or, or headquarters or whatever it is and he's like here's your 350 where we got to move you out because the next band's coming on so take care and of course uh the chick in the band uh leaves her phone in the green room so Pat goes back to retrieve it and the other band's sitting there uh surrounded by a dead woman with a knife sticking out of her head and he, they course they flip out and uh all the you know his band comes in and and uh Macon Blair with a bouncer locks everybody in the room is like what the fuck's happening you know it's like panicking mm-hmm. right so you know obviously they stumbled across what something went down here and mm-hmm. now they're all trapped and uh sure which yeah. was, you know and then it kind of goes off from there and um right how right. It, it, it was really cool because again here here you are in a situation again this is like you put yourself in a situation you're in a hate place full field place of you know what can go down here and because they're white they're kind of safe at the moment right you know they're, they're a white band they're in white area they're just going to mm-hmm. go in their play they're not in real danger they could just kind of leave but at the same time it's a powder cake you don't know what the hell is right what, what can go off and now they're witness to a murder so now they're like look what do we do now and at the same time um the manager tends to put everybody at ease. He put me at ease as a viewer. Look, well, I'll call the cops. You know, this, this is a terrible situation. I'll call the cops. Just everybody stay right here. Everything will be yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. You, know what I mean? you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, everything's going to be fine as a viewer. I'm like, okay, just breathe. We can get through this. You know, right. I didn't see anything. But yeah, it just, uh, it went south like really fast. Sure. Yeah. And I think from that point of where they witnessed the murder and then they're locked in the room. It, it has a lot of ups and downs where it goes in all these different directions. They, they get out of the room, they're back in the room, they're out of the room, they're in the room. They're, and I, I think, <laughs> right. you know, we're not going to do it justice to kind of go through all the specific right, scenarios, right. but I think yeah. just pointing out some of the highlights of, of the things that happen is, you know, the, a lot of it takes place where they're trapped in the room and <clears throat> yeah. they're, they're trying to use it as like their safe area when when they're inside the room then they can't come get them they're they're locked in and they can barricade the door right. or whatever but there's no other way to get out so they have to right. go through the danger to get out and yeah, so it so, becomes this kind of game of cat and mouse then they have a gun in the room yes. and then yeah. they they sort of get the upper hand on the bouncer that's in there and they take him hostage and mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of exchanging going on of like okay well it's just you know you take this and we'll take that it's, it's right. very level-headed for a long part of the movie, with it is with high it, it high of, spikes, right, of tension. Yeah, it, it, absolutely, and 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 basically, the, again, we're at this compound where really no access to the public that much, you know. And uh, um, Patrick Stewart play, is in this movie, and he plays the owner and, and right. I guess the leader of this of this uh, of this group, and. He comes in very calm and he's look, I just want you guys out of here. I just want you off my property. Well, I'm going to handle this situation and all that stuff. And he makes it very convincing, you know, but at the same time, oh yeah, he's, he's, he's protecting his movement, right? Know? Whatever his heroin trade that we find out, well, right, again, yeah, we, no we movement f- is pure, right? Find so out a, that the, it's a heroin. Uh, the, uh, the whole basement of the place is like a fucking drug lab. Exactly. Again, which, which I, I was questioning, uh, comes, how, how did they actually get into the place? Oh, maybe through the outside well, right? There was like a locked door on the outside of the building. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because yes. then it was covered was up like in, a, in a floor where they had to bust a hole through the floor to get through it. So like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was like in there. But I guess it, through the outside it was, uh, thing. Yes. Like okay. a bunker. It was like a bunker and like a little, uh, uh, maybe a trap door or something that led yeah. to the outside. Okay, that makes sense. Though. Um. <laughs> yeah. So 
again, well, here's Patrick Stewart. Here's the leader of this group trying to protect his his movement or in his investment, whatever. He's right. got these this band, outside band. Um, mm -hmm. They've got a murder of one of their own or whatever, and they, they kind of deal with that. So his solution is to, you know what? We can't let them escape. We can't let them, you know, uh, uh, go out there and tell right. anybody about us or whatever. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to make it look like an accident. We're going to kill them inside and stage something down the road that, you know, we have a private property sign and yeah. the dog's you know, the dogs are going to get them and stuff. So well, he's so methodical it, too, it, when he's going through, like they're going through their phone, like who else knows who saw this, yes. who, who knew about that. Yeah. He's extremely methodical and, and measured about everything because of the fact that he has such a high stakes yes. involved here that if it gets out that there was a murder and they start looking through the place, then he knows he's fucked. So he's like, let's yeah. do everything so we possibly to can to yeah. make it. Yeah protected you know we can't just kill them we have to right we can't just have them disappear like shit has to happen where they get found and yeah so I, I love how found. methodical he is he's a fucking genius it was great. in this movie i mean he's great in everything exactly he's so good in yeah. this looks like we tripped our main that backup jenny's fired i bet we're gonna have to call her today do some troubleshooting we'll try again on sunday no door charge hell free drinks from two to four those of you attending the racial advocacy workshop on Wednesday, assume it's on unless you hear otherwise. And remember, this is a movement, not a party. Right. Stay safe, got me. No, exactly. And like a whole, it is very scary. You know, and um, like I said, you put yourself in that situation where he he was trying to put them at ease and. When everything goes awry, where what they know that they they were not going to escape alive, like this is right. this was it in that moment that they figured it out. Like, look, they're not going to let us leave, and there's uh, who knows how many are out there, and they sit their pit, they're fighting pit bulls after them, which catches up to a couple of our yes. of our band members. Uh brutal, man, just just freaking brutal. Right, and not only is Patrick Stewart scary, but, but he also says the N word too in this movie. <laughs> so you know he's not fucking around. Exactly. Exactly. I was like, how dare you, Patrick Stewart? Whoa. Yeah. Well, how he's dare an you, actor, Jeremy Saulnier, you know? <laughs> asking Sir Patrick Stewart to say that? <laughs> exactly. But yeah, he was so convincing. Like, everybody in this mm -hmm. movie is so convincing, you know? And, and um, like, I've, I've watched this a few times now, and mm -hmm. I, I didn't watch it before this, you know? I didn't see it and everything. And man, I just, it's like, it just, it puts you such in an uneasy mo movement just like the last movie is kind of like that high tension this puts you in such an uneasy uh feeling and attitude because again sure, you're in yeah. that hornet's nest where everything go wrong everybody's against you and knowing that you're trapped in a room with a guy out in the door and, and saying look trying to persuade you to give up the weapons and just leave and knowing that they they are not going to let you leave alive right that right. is like you know the scariest thing and of course this movie does a great job of the desperation and the, and the band members go through everything and they they try to just bum rush their way out and some of you know a couple of them die in the process and so and, and uh yeah what about the in this movie compared to the other ones we see a lot of a lot of kind of gore moments in the other movies yeah but i feel like yeah. in this one is where it really escalated to yes some super high quality practical effects in this movie and I, f I feel yes. like we would be remiss if we did not mention the arm. So, oh yes, not yes, not, very good. So not quite as bad <laughs> as the arm scene in Gerald's game, 
but definitely one of the worst oh, right. arm scenes in modern horror movies. This was like the, this was the part of the movie where I was just like oh, like scared. I was scared yes. for the act, you know, the 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 characters and stuff because they had a gun and Patrick Stewart's outside the door and they're barricaded in the green room. And he's like, and Pat has this this gun that they took off the bouncer and he, and Patrick Stewart's like, look, I want the, it's an unregistered firearm. I just want it off the premises. Let's mm-hmm. take that out of the equation. We've got more guns, but look, we're we're just gonna take that all out of the equation and yeah. he talks him in to surrendering it so pat you know pat goes to the door and puts his arm out to hand the gun over to patrick stewart who you can crack the door and you can see him but at the same time uh one of the um i guess skinhead women that were stuck in with the, with the band that weren't part of it but she was like part of the other band but a witness to the murder and right. she's already been marked for death anyway i guess because of the whole situation well she was looking in the little vent on the floor saw patrick stewart's feet and then when she panned to the left saw all the red boot laces Meaning, you know, I guess the hit squad or whatever. Yeah, the soldiers. She said, they're going to kill us. Yeah, they're going to kill us. So they started slamming the door. But in the meantime, they grab his arm through the door. And yep. you don't he- you don't see anything. But you hear, and Pat is just screaming. His he- he's screaming. And the- and you could just hear, like, the struggle going on. And uh, when they break free, his arm is just sliced to shit. Like, uh, his wrist is almost hanging off his bone. He- he's yeah. got, like, I think it's know, supposed to be they mark. chopped oh. it with a machete. Because then he finds the machete yeah, on the bar later. Yeah, tra- Oh, right. Yeah, they were just chopping the shit out of him. Yeah. And that was like, oh, my God, dude. That was... Well, yeah, because he, he, <laughs> he comes back in, and then he's screaming, and then he, you yeah. know, they like sit him down, and then they show it, and, yeah, you could see that it's, like, almost yeah. looks like it's cut through, and I'm like, how did they fucking even yeah. do that to his arm? That is incredible. I know. <laughs> it looks know. so good. That's that's dedication, letting a, a real actor slice his arm up, man. I know. <laughs> it's like, all right, fine. It was, He'll just stitch it up. Dude, yeah. dude, it was like the last scene of the movie. It's fine. Yeah. It, okay. So there's that scene, and there's also the the, the face shot that we got here. Yes. Uh, in this movie, um, buck shot to the face, dude, and I it know. was so real. Like, I, I was even looking, like, how did they cut that? Like, there's no way you could put an actor through that. Like, I mean, it was like whiplash and 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 everything, right? It, it was yeah. so gnarly that. Well, oh. and it, it was it was just like in the last movie where you see this in a couple scenes. This and the the last one where. There's just like an instant gunshot to the face and someone's gone too. It's yeah. not like yeah. a setup or like somebody dr- holding a gun on them. They're like, I'm going to shoot you in the face. And then they do it. It's like <laughs> somebody's talking and then the just like, oh, your head exploded. Yeah. Or oh, your face dude, got ripped it, it, off. It's, it made me jump both times. Like uh, uh, as many times I've seen it. Every single time I've seen it, mm-hmm. it made me jump. That, that know, scene. No, even... Because I kind of forgot that it was going to happen. I saw him, bam, and then, mm-hmm. and then the guy's head just, you know, flings back and just fucked. <laughs> no. Oh, I was like, holy shit, dude. Yeah, and then uh, you yeah. mentioned the dog scene. So have the the dog yes. gets at a couple of them. He rips the one guy's throat all out and shit, and that's all gross. Yeah, he yeah. Rips the other girl you know, up, too. And they do it, you know, like, and it's, it's like Jeremy Solnier has such a, I guess, a vision of, you know, maybe he, he talks to a lot of people or reads a lot of books, of course. I mean, it, it's, it's all there, but he knows, he, he puts things in his movies that are so detailed, like, for example, the dog scene that just attacked the guy and he comes back running to the owner and the owner puts him away. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Stewart's like, what's going on? Why don't you send him and finish the rest? He goes, he's all worked up. I got, I can't, you know, he's got to calm down. And, 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 and that kind of, the, that kind of like just small details and that mm-hmm. where there, whether a lot of people would just let the dog just rampage and kill everybody inside and, and whatever. And, you know, there's some, there's actual real moments that he, he adds to these movies like that. Like the dog's worked up. I'll send another one in, in a second, you know, oh, and he's all speak- send two in. He's like, I can't send two. Yeah, speaking of the, 
that particular scene when they figure out to stop the dog that they put the microphone on the speaker oh, the feedback. and make the feedback. So yeah. some people might be like, oh, does that actually really work? When that came on, I watched it twice getting ready for this, like uh -huh. the other ones. And when that came on, my dog fucking lost his mind <sighs> in that part. Yes. So it does actually affect dogs. Wow. It that does was real. I'm telling you, dude. Like, yeah. So that's pretty cool. That's um. I'm I'm sad that that uh, your dog Manny had <laughs> he to was, go through that. But. He was. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny because I had it on the TV and then I had the the bigger speakers on. I was watching it with Marissa and he got oh, up yeah. off of his bed and he runs over and he he thought there was something behind the TV. He was like going back and forth, oh. looking around it, trying to see behind it. So where the fuck is that sound coming from? I'm gonna get it. Make it stop. Yeah. Yeah, it was so funny. I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit, it really does work." It does work. <laughs> yeah, so it's those small little details, like mm -hmm. you know, like he did his homework on this stuff, you know. And I just thought that was was kind of cool. But um, yeah, so again, you're right. Like the whole cat and mouse, it was a very you know cat and mouse game. And uh, of course, there's a little bit of side story or or subplots of like you know the person, you know, why did they kill her? Uh, she was about to run off with another somebody else. It was like a love triangle thing. I think that we kind of. Um, well, yeah, I think they were gonna you know, leave the family, and then they were gonna blow in the rest of the gang to like kind of clear themselves because he had some yeah. hidden evidence, and they were gonna. Yeah, they were gonna he was split, about to expose and, the blow them in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was some again very subtle. You know, we got hints and you know, breadcrumbs, and and we kind of put two and two together sure, yeah. throughout the movie. And, and the good thing and is that's that another reason. Yeah, they didn't even have to really have any of that really or explain too much right but they made it all connect and again it wasn't a right. long movie so they managed to right. make everything make sense in a short amount of time and give you enough that yeah, you feel like exactly. you know the people and so right yeah exactly and so i guess um you know long story short uh pat and the um other woman who i guess the, uh, the i think her name's amber she's not a nazi her amber amber who was uh part of the other group that um was a part of the murder, but she wasn't part of it. It was her friend. It was an accident. Yeah, her friend was the one that got so killed. She survives. Yeah, she survives with Pat. Um, are the only two survivors left of of the witnesses and the all the other bad guys split or got killed themselves. And even, um, you know, Pat and Amber devise a plan to go take, I guess, go uh, find out what uh, Patrick Stewart was up to and finds out that he was staging the murder and it was they had the dogs chewing up his friends and everything and they stopped that uh you know they stopped that and it was the, the real cool line was like uh when they're walking up there amber has a shotgun and pat has a gun now they're walking up to uh patrick stewart and he says something like like they're leaving a crime scene she goes well i think i want to leave a different crime scene you know the meaning like oh we're gonna do this we're gonna kill them all now yeah and uh of course Macon Blair, who was in the uh, last two movies, he played the manager of this. He, you could tell there was some conflict with him in this movie. Like he was a skinhead and he was part of all this stuff, but as it was going on, he felt this is too much. I can't be a part of this anymore. And he convinces uh, Pat and them. They're like, "Look, I'm just gonna. Uh, if you let me go, I'll go all down the road and call the police and just turn myself in." Like yeah. he wants. He said he wanted. I want to go to jail, which I was like, "Cool, <laughs> good, yeah, good for well, you." Th this time he got to live instead of dying. But yeah, so and. uh <laughs> yes yes he got to live and uh you know a little bit of a uh showdown and patrick stewart gets one in the head and uh yeah and that was i mean that was such a cool Amber. scene where they were they were squaring off with him they shoot the dog trainer guy and then they fucking yes. end up shooting him and then they're just like so exhausted and and done at that point they just kind of sit there and they're talking yeah 
But then the dog that he shot, yeah. like the one dog got injured, and then he shot it up with adrenaline. <laughs> yes. It came back and just like laid down next to the owner and died. And I was like, oh, that was next to the sweet. owner, which I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, that guy was a dick, but still, that was kind of right. Sweet no, but again, but I, it, absolutely, because if, if you mean, you really think about it, like, you know, these are trained, these dogs are trained. The pit bulls, mm -hmm. people are afraid of them because this is how they were trained, you know? Right. And, uh, and that scene right there was like perfect. Like, the dog went to the dead owner and just laid, you know, lay down on him, put his head yeah. on him, and was like, "Oh my god, I can't, I can't hate you now." <laughs> <laughs> no, he probably was mean to the dog, so. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean the 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 dog. I can't hate you, the dog because he was a oh yeah, dog, yeah, you know. No, like, absolutely. It's, it's never their fault. Definitely not. Yeah, it was. No. It was a little bit surreal there, a little, a couple times. But man, but what a what a movie to watch and be like. Yeah. Holy shit! Ride. That situation is just, it's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be scary. Like that situation, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, and well, uh, like I was saying, I like the way that the green room was their their safe haven. Mm -hmm. But they would like get out and they're like, oh fuck, yeah. fuck, fuck, we got to get back in, and they'd go back in, <laughs> lock themselves in, barricade it, and then they kind yeah. of use that like, to their like advantage. Like three or four times, they, I think. Mm -hmm. They they kind of got the jump on the guys sent to kill them because they were now familiar with the territory and were able to manipulate it to fucking. Right. Get those guys that were sent in to kill him. The fucking girl hides inside the couch and then comes out and cuts that guy's throat. And it's like fuck. It's great. It's crazy. Yeah, that box cutter got a lot of mileage. Um, <laughs> it did. Killed a few people. I know. Cut that guy's like the stomach open. Like when she gutted the bouncer with it. Yeah. Yeah, like, she gutted the bouncer. Oh, again, practical effects on that was awesome too. I know. The bouncer got it the Whoa. worst. He was just like, like at the yeah. worst situation of anyone. <laughs> he had to sit there with them. He got his <laughs> yeah, arm know. broke. He got choked to death. Cut open. Got fucked yeah. with for all that time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Poor guy. He was good. You know, like I said, dude, like very good acting all around. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Even the bouncer dude was awesome, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, you got I some really some real this. talent like Patrick Stewart and Anton Yelkin and this. Yes. Yes. I think they, they make everybody up their game, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, why don't you give your score? And then I was yeah. kind of deliberating so, what I was going to do with mine. So. Yeah, so um I'm, okay, so I'm at a, I'm at a solid 9. I actually okay. went up from the other two. And yes, this is a if you compare it to Blue Ruin of War of a drama thriller whatever, but this one to me was was less tension but more um nervousness and or I guess the same thing, right? But but more of like that 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 horror situation yeah it's a very different kind it's a very sardine can type movie where the the nazis are the the monsters on the outside trying to get in and everything and the fighting back and um this one had a better ending to me than than um blue ruin mm -hmm. it had uh a, 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 well you know yes the guy you know they're either punk rockers they didn't expect to live anyway that they even mentioned that in the beginning of the film you know so pat doesn't really seem that distraught <laughs> over losing all of his friends but it could be shock you know um you know, I like the fact that the bad guys got theirs. You know, they didn't they didn't succeed in, in what they were doing. But uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy this movie be, because of the tense situation that they just were thrust into um, early on. And then that whole trying to get out of it. And like, you know, you, you get very nervous for the actors or that situation. We're like, oh, shit, they're locking us in here. We, there's no escape. They're a bunch of Nazis. You know what I mean? Like. It can't mm. get worse than that, you know. And and I appreciated that that attention to detail of this right. movie. Um, again, the act is so good, and the, like you said, the practical effects uh, wouldn't do it justice if we didn't mention it because there's so many more gory scenes in it. Um, 
lot more horror in this one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna solid nine on this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I so I I saw this once back when it came out, and then I hadn't watched it again mm-hmm. until now, watching it the two times. And so originally I rated this as a nine, but mm-hmm. again I feel like I absorbed more by watching it a couple more times. And so I'm going to stick sure, with the sure. stick with the trend that we already have, and I'm going to go a half point higher than you and give this one a nine and a half. <laughs> wow. Wow. To, wow. Uh, That's good. <laughs> it's something, I mean, we weren't doing the show back then, but it, it probably right. would have been like right. my favorite movie of 2015. Absolutely. When it did man. come out. And yeah. it's, it's, it's strong to me where it's something like I gave Dave Made a Maze that high of a score. And it's something where I feel like watching mm-hmm. it several times, it doesn't lose anything. And I know right. sometimes I'll watch a movie and then watch it again a second time in a short period of time for. Should have just knocked something over. Uh, <laughs> in a short okay. period of time for the show, yeah. and I'll be like, oh, it's like it's kind of I'm kind of getting burned out, and I don't feel like watching it again. But like I kind of want to go watch it again right now. So <laughs> right, right. So right. It, it, it holds I, oh, I up. hear you. I hear you. Like yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's, I this is I've recently watched this movie like you know twice um, in the short period of time because I didn't watch it when it first came out, and um, yeah, I'm I'm like finding myself wanting to watch it again like mm-hmm. just throw it on netflix put it because it's on netflix right now and uh yeah yeah, uh, yeah and i think I just, in- I just enjoy it because i i, I yeah i just want to get to that scene where they get trapped because that's right. where it all unfolds and it's just such an, a, an adrenaline rush from there yeah well and in the game of of playing you know how do you stack your rankings right. i feel like if i give it the same score as murder party then it's it's like well this is for sure better than murder party and yeah murder party is more funny but this one isn't funny but is enjoyable to watch on a different level and so there might be a time where you're not in the mood for something like murder party and you want something that's more serious and then there's a time where you want something more funny so yeah so i feel like i had to be a little bit higher (laughs) and we don't do quarter points very good no 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 that's getting really uh yeah all right so we're all night if we did quarter points We are going to start off our talk about Hold the Dark, and we had said before that we will just warn because it's mm. new, and obviously we've been spoiling shit in all these, but if anyone doesn't want it spoiled, then you have your chance to leave. After we do the synopsis, we we will give our ratings in the movie and then just kind of talk about it, but right. after you, if you want to hear our ratings and don't want to hear it, then just cut it off there, and we're not going to do any sort of outro because we already did all that shit earlier. So, if you yes. would like to give the synopsis for it, and then we can go from there. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, Hold the Dark came out in 2018, Netflix original movie. After the deaths of three children suspected to be killed by wolves, writer Russell Core is hired by the parents of a missing six-year-old boy to track down and locate their son in the Alaskan wilderness. Yes. Um, so, right, so, right away, I'm going to go ahead and give you my score. And then you mm-hmm. give me your score, and then we can break it in, right? That we're, okay. Yes, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have this at an eight and a half. Um, okay. And I will give it uh, after the little quick uh, uh, thing when people want to leave and stuff, I'll, I'll kind of go where I came from that number. Sure, um, yeah. I enjoyed it, but I'm very confused at the same time. <laughs> that's how, that's how I'll sure. leave it. Sure. <laughs> well, and, and, and this one, you said that you only did get to watch once, right? Just one time, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, that's still pretty good. Timing I, and stuff, yeah. 
Yeah. I watched it two times, and I came in at an eight on this. And I have a few criticisms that I think people mm. would just automatically assume from me, and then when people see it, they you know yeah. could come back and listen to what we have to say about it. But still not a lot of criticism yes. at an eight out of ten. Right, right. All right, so if you don't want to hear anything else, then you can end now, and we will see you later, or we'll talk right. about the movie now. Cool uh, deal. So, yeah, I've, the, obviously the one main thing is just that... The, the movie is definitely very long, but not very, very long, long, but it's, yes. it's over two hours and yeah. it does tend to be a little bit slow at times, but mm-hmm. I feel like the longer running time is, is merited based on the fact that the movie kind of moves into different territories where say you took something like yes. Green Room and you're all in one fucking place then you make that two hours long and you're like, come on, man, we've been in this place for two hours now, like... <laughs> you get you get setting fatigue. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And this is like you're yes. in Saudi Arabia and you're in fucking Alaska and you're mm-hmm. across town at this place and you're in the Indian village or Native American village, sorry. And uh Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just kind of all over the place. To it, sure. Yeah. So, um at the morgue. I, yeah, my <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well my, my rating was a eight and a half, but my initial rating was a seven and a half. Okay. Um, and it's still good, you know. It's not like the like really good, and it was only because I was confused. And as I did more reading into the movie, and I wanted to watch it again the second time, but I just, just you know, just ran out of time and everything. And uh, sure, um, I, I I boosted up to an eight and a half, but I don't know if it'll stay at eight and a half. It might go up. It might go down from our talk from whatever. So I want to say like like it went from a seven and a half because. My initial was like, what, what? What's going on? I don't understand. I don't get it. I loved what I just watched, but I don't understand what I just watched. You know, and then sure, reading sure. into it a little bit, um, reading some of the production notes and some other people's kind of thoughts and like breaking it down as far as what the story was, not not their necessarily their review or their thoughts. It was like, this is what happened. I was like, I get it now, or I'm starting to get it a little bit. Sure. And um, now th- this one is the first one that Jeremy Saulnier wasn't a writer for it. This was, it was based on a book. A book, right. By someone named William Giraldi. And then Macon Blair adapted the Mm -hmm. screenplay for it. So it's it's definitely, it doesn't feel like one of his movies, but at the same time you go like, well, I've already seen him do two super different (laughs) styles of movies. And so it's like you can see him taking another departure into something else for sure. Yeah, yeah. His, um... His cinematography is definitely there, meaning yes. his visual uh, yeah, directing to, skills and, and similar and to the, the stuff he, with like Blue Ruin and and at the beginning of Green Room where you get a, a lot of landscape yes. and territory shots and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Some so wildlife. Oh yeah, yeah. So again, the the um, you know, it's funny because like I, I want to make a comparison just real fast. Like the Netflix original series, of course. The two that pop to mind is this movie and The Ritual, and they're both in that isolated woodsy area mm-hmm. for, you know, one was a foresty area, but a little bit of snow, and this was like that whole isolation kind of a bit where you're learning a different about uh, Alaskan wilderness and Alaskan culture, a lot of, uh, you know, the natives out there of, of you know, to Alaska, and their superstitious and their, their rituals that they have, you know, plays into this movie, so... um I like I like that. If that's a thing going on, if Netflix wants to put more of that stuff out, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of that stuff. Sure. Um. So so this is it's, it's it, the movie is interesting in a in a sense like I don't know if we're getting an isolation movie as far as like you know like a cabin fever type or if it's a true crime thing. But these wolves 
um, kidnap or you know snatching kids from this village. I guess there's a history of it. You know, two of the kids, you know, have been snatched in the, in the past. And this woman uh, who lives with, in Alaska with her son and her 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 husband is off to war, often mm-hmm. you know fighting in, in Afghanistan. I think it was uh, might have been the first Gulf War. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I think because the news correct. clipping and stuff. Okay, yeah. So you know, she the kids out playing and. Um, she goes in all of a sudden we we cut to like three days later where she's writing a letter to this um writer who's i guess an expert on wolves and lived amongst the wolves and actually killed them uh i guess for survival aspects or whatever so she writes them says look three days ago my son was taken by a wolf um my my husband's off to war and i need and i want would love for you to come here and help me hunt down i guess the wolf so i can have my something i guess it's almost like a woman is writing this in shock i want something you know my husband's gonna come home and he needs to see the dead wolf that killed his Mm son um and that lures the writer out uh to this remote wilderness or village and everything and he tries to help this woman um you know find the wolf whatever and he goes out there and you see uh when he starts to explore the wolves and stuff and starts hearing like little folklore folklore tales around the village of like you know um there's you know demon wolves that come out and they kill the children or they cut and take the children and like little little kind of hearsay folklore stuff right and uh what's important is uh getting to he starts observing the wolves and he goes out there on his own the first day and you know he meets the mom and whatever and he agrees to help her and he goes out there and he and he finds this pack of wolves and they're feasting on one of their little ones you know mm-hmm. um which you and i have made reference to this on mom and dad called savaging you know when yes. parents yeah, yeah. you know eat eat their kids just for survival or maybe a uh, disease or behavioral issues or whatever so play that in the back of your mind that he's observing these wolves um you know doing the savaging thing and he comes back to her and says, look, I observed this stuff and it's a behavioral. Of, it could be several things. It could be lack of food. It could be disease. It could be right. uh, maybe just showing a dominance. You know, it could be a whole bunch of things. So where I get confused now is, well, uh, OK, well, I guess we'll, we'll have to continue the story to to uh, because the ending is just is still kind of up in the air for me. But anyway, um, so, OK, now that we cut to Afghanistan, right? No, or, right. or Iraq. We cut to Iraq and the husband is there and he's you know blowing shit up and doing whatever but he's like the soldier he's like very focused very dry and same thing with the wife you know she was kind yeah. of focused and dry very dark and stuff and um the, the soldiers around the guy they're all taking selfies of burning bodies and you know uh that one scene where you know he comes across another soldier raping uh, an iraqi woman he goes there and he does the marine he kills move the soldier and, yeah. or the, uh, he kills him there gives the girl the knife to, so she can finish the job and he just you know, smoking takes a you know just kind of walks off on his own, and then a battle ensues, and he gets uh he gets shot, and um, mm-hmm. that takes gives him his ticket home, and he goes home to find out that his son has been killed or uh or missing, and you know the and then the wife is also missing. But then come to find out, the writer guy Russell, uh, I think his name is Russell in the movie, the writer by uh, Jeffrey Wright, which is awesome dire- uh, actor. Yes. You know, he finds that he comes to the cabin and he finds uh, the wife has been missing and he finds the boy dead in the basement. He finds the body of the boy and he flips out. And, and that's when he finds like other people in the village saying like the demon wolves have got him, you know, the or something like that or uh, or got her or something. Sure. yeah. It's very confusing. But yeah, so the kids well, in the morgue, the dad comes home. <laughs> it's like, go ahead. I, I think that the the idea is that the mom killed the son, but... Yes. 
they sort of set up that the dad has a similar persona about him, I think. And then the mythology that comes in from the the old woman that he talks to is mm-hmm. about her basically being one of these uh, wolf demons that is just, you know, in a human form and possibly also yes. him as well. Yeah, to, to exactly. be the same so thing this... that he's like unnatural or whatever that they referred to him as at one point and yes, there's clearly something wrong good. with him. Yeah, so this is what made my score go up is that kind of talk like like mm-hmm. these weren't really humans, they were the the wolf demons that, you know, they treated their um they killed, you know, she killed her son because uh she wanted her husband to come home from the war and this would have triggered that for him to come home but he ended up getting injured and coming home anyway sure um, so she killed her son because the savaging mm-hmm. uh, for that like, again a behavioral uh, observing the wolves you know the the writer do is like this is what they do sometimes is show dominance or show some sort of uh behavioral thing that that happens it just happens in nature mm-hmm. and uh and then like the uh the villagers were like yeah you know they're you know they're they're uh the demon wolves i forgot that they, they called it a name and yeah, I have I to look it up well. again. But yeah, yeah, the, and it was like that whole monstrous folklore kind of thing where mm-hmm. they were actually wolves, and, and it made and sense because they acted the same. That's the part that's tough. Where I'm like, is this, is it supernatural or is it mental illness? Mm-hmm. And right, the way that it concludes, as far as that stuff goes, as far as the demon wolf thing and all that shit, they make it seem like it's supernatural and not mental illness but it mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. feels through most of the movie like they're just fucking crazy people yes yeah but i guess what are the chances that two crazy sociopaths got together had a kid and then all of a yeah. sudden decided to start killing a bunch of people cold-blooded and so yes it makes me think that that seems unlikely so maybe they are some sort of possessed demon or something within them or something going on yeah and so it, I, it, it's funny because I, that I part sort book. of that's that part sort of takes a back seat to the whole thing and then mm-hmm. comes out mm-hmm. more later because really it just becomes sort of this vengeance movie where he knows that the wife killed the son so he's right. on the hunt for her and he he takes out the cops and then goes off on the hunt for him and right. then in order to create a distraction we get one of the greatest gun <laughs> battles I've ever seen in my life at since, about halfway since through Heat. the movie. Remember that movie yeah. Heat? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to watch that and, one too and, the and movie compare Heat, them. Yeah, because that was like the talk of the uh, uh, cinema back then was that whole um, L.A. shoot 'em up scene with Val Kilmer and them, and mm-hmm. he was shooting up, and it was like the greatest gun battle of, of you know in cinema history at the time with just tons of bullets and everybody just getting blown away. Yeah. This movie, I think, yeah, I think it topped it. Um, right. But so, yeah. One they, of the Indian guys. Uh, that was... That was uh, the, the that dad's had, friend that helped him kill him, right? Helped him kill the yes, guys at the morgue. He ha- yeah, because um, real fast. So the the mom and the dad had the same demeanor, and they had like the very. They don't really talk. They just had that little kind of going on. They uh, the mom killed the son to bring the, the the dad home. Now I've heard a theory that they were actually brother and sister, and they had incest, had the kid, you know. Um, okay. And they had this thing where if in in the wolves in the pack of wolves. Um, incest goes on. It, it, it just happens. Mm-hmm. And they will, like I said, if the son or, do, or the kid uh, it was a threat or maybe a tool, they weren't in love with the son, but she was in love with him, wanted him back from the war. That's why she killed the son to do that. Um, and the same time where 
the dad or the brother or dad or whatever you want to call it uh came home and he you know went to the morgue and uh took the son out of the morgue and shot the cops or the, you know with his friend and um did some sort of blood ritual on a casket and buried the casket in the snow just how like what i guess what wolves would do too is bury their young maybe i don't know um mm-hmm. it's it's interesting that comparison so the the uh the dad that came home from the war had a friend uh i guess that had the, that went through the same thing he lost his son too mm-hmm. uh so, yeah the wolves and, took his his daughter and, i think it was yeah and he was very monotone, very you know straightforward. He's the one who just handed the guy the gun, and the guy shot the whatever. And he, he was like helping him out and doing everything. And he laid out this huge distraction where you go out and find your wife. Um, and we didn't. We at first were like, okay, is he gonna go out there to kill her, or like you said, kill her or save her or whatever? Um, and so this dude set up on top of his house with a. I don't know army. I don't even know what kind of uh, gun yeah, it was, but it was like one of those a big ass gun. Big ass. Thank you. <laughs> Big, big ass gun. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he just started in this shootout. Again, we get one of the best face blasts again. Um, mm-hmm. It's a signature of Jeremy. Is that we get a face blast uh, where the guy's jaw just comes completely off and rips his cheek. And you see, oh, this is great. And, and also um, out of nowhere. And for like, just like, hey, watch out. Out of nowhere. And then just his face explodes. Yeah. Yes, motherfucker, Blam. you did it again. <laughs> this scene had to go on for like 15 minutes. You think? 10, I think it was maybe? the whole thing from when they get to I, I forget the guy's name Chi Chiat or something or I forget mm-hmm, the guy mm-hmm. the 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 guy that did all the shooting but they get to yeah, his house friend, yeah. and from that part until the part when he actually gets shot and died is about fifteen minutes but the actual from the face shot until the time he dies is like eight minutes I timed it out the second time yeah. I watched it because I was curious yeah so it's and a it whole fifteen like, minute it, sequence that's just fucking incredible. It is incredible, and it's, it gets uncomfortable because these cops are just getting ripped apart. You know, when he's shooting them, their heads are blowing up, their limbs are blowing up. Um, they're yeah. trapped. They're you know, their bulletproof vests don't do nothing. Their their cars that they're behind her don't do anything. And um, yeah. this is why I think this is why I think it's a little bit supernatural because I'm looking at this. I'm like, this guy, he's creating a distraction. He's part of this wolf pack. He's part of this thing where he's sacrificing himself because he knows he's there. He's killing these cops, but he knows he's. He's gonna mm-hmm. die. He's he's not gonna stop until someone kills him. Right. And he lets his, the leader, the pack leader, go. So he almost like I'm gonna take over. I'm gonna cause this distraction so the pack leader can go find the you know his mate out there. Okay. And um, that's why I was like, okay, yeah, it, it it's that blurring the lines, like you know. But there's so many people involved in the opposite opposition that it just I don't think mental illness is really a thing unless it's one of those tools that are telling us like it's trying to trick us. You know. Sure. Sure. Um, so the, so uh, the, yeah, it could be, it could be either. The, the friend, uh, his name was Chion. Sorry. Chion. <laughs> to, yeah. That's but yeah, okay. that, that whole thing where he has the exchange with the police officer and, and he's like, come on, they just want you to come out. These guys are scared. Yeah. And they're just kids and stuff. And, but yeah, that, that whole scene is just so ruthless. Like mm-hmm. people are just getting shot and people are screaming and it's, he yeah. sees somebody move and he basically just shoots them. He doesn't care. Yeah. And, um, the dog, the the writer who the, that was called in, um, played by Jeffrey Wright. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you notice now, there's a uh, there's a there's two scenes where he was he was saved. Like the, the friend was shooting all the cops, and he runs out. Um, I think his name is Russell Core in the film. So Russell runs yes. out, saves one of the uh, cadets, and pulls him and has this moment of like stare with uh, um, with hey, what's his name, the Indian dude. 
Chion. Yeah. He stares at him. Yeah, and he's say and he and he kind of like saves him. He doesn't shoot him. He lets yeah. him he lets him live. And he pulls the the young um kid out and then of course the main police officer we've been following us, you know, shoots uh Chion and mm-hmm. um he 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 dies, but he, you know, the the writer was saved. He was he was spared. Yeah. He yeah. stopped shooting at that moment and he could have blown him away right there. So anyway, and then and that the, happens the, again later, you know. The whole the whole time after that whole shootout uh, is is all just we're following the dad. I think Ver- Vernon is his name. Yes, and he, he's just on this basically vengeance path of of mm-hmm. murder, where everyone he comes across, he ends up killing for the most part. It's just <laughs> yes. pretty cold blooded. Just shoot after people. he takes the persona. Yeah, and this is where we get that like you referenced at the beginning of our, of this uh, of our show here is that um. Um, he comes like this, I guess, mining camp or whatever, and he he tracks like his his wife had stayed here at this little B and B or whatever, and it, it was a two bedroom thing. Uh, mm-hmm. He goes to the room, finds out she's staying there, then he goes to where the husband of this this couple is staying, and um, this this guy is in there, and and there was some little dialogue again. I like, this is why I have to watch it again because there was some dialogue here with this old man sitting there, and he's eating, and he's got all these wolf masks or these masks around the wall, and he's telling me he goes. He said something like, you know, uh, he was comparing him to his dad, Vernon's dad. He said something about, like, you know, you have the same thing in your family or whatever. And then Vernon takes the mask off the wall, which is a wolf, puts it on and becomes like that persona. And every time he puts that mask on, he ends up killing people. Well, he said that the dad brought him to him when he was little because he said that he was unnatural. Right. That's the unnatural. That's what it was. He gave him something with wolf oil that was supposed to cure him from whatever right. was unnatural about him but obviously something's mm-hmm. still fucking mm-hmm. wrong with this guy the demon <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so i mean I, uh, I think that was cool that he had that mask on um right oh yeah i like that it it, yeah. it definitely is is a pretty complicated movie that really it is a lot man. of attention it, and uh maybe some yeah. subtitles too because some of the dialogue is hard to understand just <laughs> thank it's, you it's for very, saying that it's quiet you know Thank you for saying that. I think I missed half the movie because I didn't know mm. what the hell they were saying. There was, there right. was whispering through the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, and, and the reason why I went up to an eight and a half because the more I thought about it, and I guess I'm, maybe I'm putting my own headcanon in things, mm-hmm. um, and I was like making my own story out of it. I was like, this is cool. This is cool. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I need to really analyze it. Yeah, you know, to, to kind of like go on this whole thing, you know, uh, the, the the husband and wife they find each other or the brother and sister whatever they find each other and they embrace and they leave um he like but he doesn't kill her and then the 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 dog the writer is out there too trying to find him because he went with the sheriff whatever and the sheriff ended up dying and they spared uh the writer again he you know shot him through an arrow he shot him with an arrow uh took his uh wife and and they went off and he took the arrow out of the air the the writer and just kind of gave him the nod and they left and they spared him so mm-hmm. again there's a there's some things to be analyzed there. Why did they spare him? What was made him so important? You know, uh, again, yeah, it's something about his respect for the, the wolves that they can sense it or something. It could be. It could be something like uh, Yes, he's supposed to be the wolf expert. So that's basically how the movie ended, mm-hmm. right? But and again, we had a couple subplots about you know the the writer had his daughter that he was kind of estranged with, and the the sheriff was a you know. Uh, about to be a dad but he ended up dying it was a, it was a lot of things in this movie so mm-hmm. um a second third fourth watch is recommended and actually i do want to write i, I want to read the book now because maybe the book can slow okay. it down for me and explain it better yeah and i'd almost be willing to 
say that it was even a little bit better because just talking to you, one of my biggest problems was just with the ending, mm -hmm. and I was trying to kind of understand. Yeah. I'm like, well, why, why would he not kill her? But then, as we talked about it, it kind of made sense of like she would kill the son so that that way he would have to come back mm -hmm. to find her so that they could be together again. And yeah. Like, what? Well, you because know, I'm like, why would he not kill her when he got there after all that? Then he just wanted to be with her. And it's like, well, I guess if they're both the demons. And then it's like, well, why did he not kill Russell and, and just left him? But then just when I said right. that about that he respected him and maybe the same thing with Chion too. I don't know. You're like, yeah. Okay. I, I guess maybe. So. Yeah, it, it could be. And then, I, and then I had the thought, well, well if she killed her son, mm -hmm. why and, and, and why call the writer in the first place, you know? And to me, I was like, okay, she was setting up an alibi. She was setting the, the wolves, kill, drug her off, and you need, she wanted this guy to come and kind of uh, kill the wolf, that hunt, hunt a wolf and blame it on whatever to get away with it, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, because I was like, there's no point of why would she call the, this writer dude? Over, well, so, unless there was some kind of kin, kinship, kinship. That also came up somewhere talking to him about the, maybe it was the old woman telling him the mythology, but saying that he was called because mm. she needed someone to tell her story or something. Like if, oh, if gotcha. she didn't, gotcha. If it was like, cause there's no, yeah. obviously there's no connection to the outside world there. So they're like literally in a fucking right. village with barely any electricity or plumbing, <laughs> which they make reference yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. And so they do. Yep. They, I guess, you know, the, his purpose is to tell the story for her. I don't know. Yeah, it could, it could, it could be. Like I said, yeah. I, I'm sure there's a lot more in there. I'm sure there's a lot more deeper. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I'm I'm intrigued. It, it got me it sure, got me yeah, thinking. Yeah. This movie really got me thinking, you know. It's, um, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, yes, it's super it, interesting. If it, wasn't for, if it wasn't for that shootout scene, wow, I, mm -hmm. that shootout is very disturbing. It's, it's disturbing yet entertaining, of course, you know, because um, we're pretty sick. So, yeah, that w if it didn't have the shootout <laughs> so, scene, that would come down a point, I would say. I think so. I think so, because that would that was like, you know, you you know, when those things start happening, you're like, oh, my God, this is such a cool action scene. But then it goes a little bit too far. You're like, OK, stop, you know, because the carnage is getting a little bit too real. Not not right, overdone. Right. It's just too much. Yeah. Wow. Like okay yeah you got to stop this guy like like i was rooting for him to get shot because you know he was killing these these police officers like you know uh unmerciful right. you know unmerciful it was just yeah uh -huh. it was it was disturbing but again that's what jeremy uh Solnier does it's he puts you in these uncomfortable situations the last three movies you know mm -hmm. i can't wait to see what he does next yeah i agree no it's a. Uh... It's definitely a very interesting movie, and it's it's very well made and well done. And I think that a, a mm -hmm. lot of the pieces are there if you just can kind of put it together, which we sort of have helped each other with a little bit yeah. here, based on what you read and what I've seen from watching it a couple times. So yeah, not sure, bad. And sure. and honestly, for a, a two hour movie, I never felt like I was bored at any point. Like it does start to feel long, but there's a lot of storylines right. going on. There's the you know the two or three different storylines all happening in sequence so you got to give a little more time to that and the the fact that right in the it's also right in the middle of the movie when that gunfight goes down so it's literally yes. the perfect time where you're like okay well we're just about the halfway point is this thing gonna pick up or is it gonna <laughs> die down <laughs> right because then after that yeah. like obviously that's sort of a climax but then after that is when vernon's just driving around fucking shooting people in the head right so, and we, that's no when reason. uh uh Macon Blair, 
makes an appearance in this as his, his old friend or something like that. And yeah, um, or, and he or, or stabs when, him when in Vernon the head. was yeah, well, well, Vernon was injured and um, shot. Right, he got shot by the old woman that was that. He, yeah, you know when he went to that little mining town, um, and he went to him and and Macon Blair was sitting there, you know, got him back to health, whatever, resting him, and and then he was like calling somebody's like gonna turn him in because he was like this guy's nuts mm. or whatever, and of course Vernon wakes up and kills him. So, yeah, well, that was where he went to so hide out when he escaped from Green Room. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, he went yeah. from uh, <laughs> killing, you know, uh, <laughs> if he survived uh, Blue Ruin, he got out there, uh, went to Oregon, joined a Nazi cult, <laughs> yep. escaped the Nazi cult to go to wilderness to escape, and he get killed by Vernon, the, the mm-hmm. wolf demon. <laughs> yep, and stabbed in the head. God damn it. Yeah. That's a long a fucking life. road to nowhere. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> He's just out there doing coke and getting stabbed in the head. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Guy. Uh, cool. Yeah, I think, you know, we've, we've covered it pretty well, and I think our scores are, are pretty close on pretty much all of these. Yeah, yeah. And I guess if I was going to, like, rate them as far as my favorites, I mean, the, the scores kind of mm. tell the story. Like, I would say this one is probably my least favorite of the four, but still... If you put right. four movies up and your least favorite one is an eight or an eight and a half, that's still pretty fucking good. <laughs> so yeah, still a good cluster there. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I, I I also felt like this one, like Green Room, is definitely a, a horror horror, but like, mm-hmm. or is more of a horror, I should say. And then this one, I feel like, is definitely really like into the horror territory because we have like the supernatural yeah. and demons and yes. fucking wolves and. All kinds of shit. So. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's definitely, um, you know, that the, mm, I guess the more realistic horror, like where Murder Party. I mean, they're all none of none of these really based off monsters, except for Hold the Dark would only be the one that you could kind of make an argument, like you said, with the supernatural or you know some sort. Yeah, of, uh, and they're still in human forms. They don't seem to have any yeah, special it, powers other than just being badasses. Which I love the fact that even if it is like these are wolves in human form, I love that. I mean, mm-hmm. it just makes sense that they have a pack. There's a pack of wolves that are in a human form, you right. know, you know that's uh, that takes over the village and like the friend was protecting his pack leader and of course the yeah, the, yeah. the art of I was gonna say art of savaging, but it's not really. You know, I was gonna say the uh, savaging <laughs> act, you know, was taken yeah. out and or or you know proceeded on it and. It, it just makes perfect sense, man. Like this was a pack of wolves, mm-hmm. but we saw it in human drama form. Yes, yeah, yeah. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely good. All right. Well, I think that's probably good for this one and for yeah. everything here pretty much. So, if you did see the movie or you stayed with us and listened through all the way to the end, then thank you for listening. Uh just watch for whenever this one comes out, probably in about a week, then there'll be something else coming out. Or if not, then yes. I guess just just wait longer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, uh, of course, this is going to come out after th- Thanksgiving, so I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Don't uh, don't get killed by cannibals that want to turn you into Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> yes, Definitely. or, or uh, th- a Thanksgiving or a big turkey. Yeah, keep your head on a um, swivel out there. I'm proud of you, fellas. You all kept your head on a swivel, and that's what you got to do when you find yourself in a vicious cockfight. But always remember, pork is done, or poultry... And pork is done at 160 degrees. So mm-hmm. that's why you're sick right now. Is because <laughs> you did not cook your turkey to 160 degrees. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> that, see, we that will... could be a good horror movie uh, Thanksgiving called 160 Degrees, and it's because um, none of the turkeys that were harvested this year can be cooked over 160 for some kind of chemical reason, and then everybody end up dying for food poisoning. Yeah, there you go. Okay, there it is. <laughs> or see? if nothing else, check out the South Park Thanksgiving episodes. Those are always fun. <laughs> there you go. Cool, man. With, uh, Let's get out of here. St- my favorite starving Marvin. Yes. All right. So thanks for listening, and we will see you guys next time. I've no regrets. No regrets. No regrets. I'm living the life of a king. I've no regrets. I've been in other places on the end, yeah, and I've seen a lot I've of things. I've no regrets. Even when I'm sad, you can still hear me sing. It, it should be. This life I live I've no regrets No regrets, no regrets Now how lucky I've can no I be? Regrets. And I sure hope, oh yeah That you have loved like I've me no A happier person I know you'll never see If it should be a saying Today, I've no regrets for this life I live. No regrets. I've got no friends. No regrets. And I got no my hair. No regrets. And I got no love. Regrets. And that's my no way. That he calls for me today Well, I have no regrets For this life I live No regrets, no regrets, no regrets